1: welcome to the 42 cast your ultimate answer to fandom geekiness and everything as always i am your host nathan and we have another great episode lined up for you we're going to talk about season six of marvel's agents of shield but before we do that, I'm just going to give a little bit of a monologue here, just to talk about state of things over here. I hope everybody listening to this is doing well. I'm sure, even though I'm recording this a few weeks in advance, that we're still going to be under lockdown quarantine in most locations for COVID-19. I hope that everybody's staying safe, everybody's staying healthy, everybody's doing okay under those conditions, so... Um, Just, you know, keep on keeping on. If there's anything that this show can do to entertain you during that time, that just makes me happy. So, um, for me, uh, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, Beth and I are watching Star Trek Picard. I'm not sure if I mentioned that before. That's a show that we're really enjoying. If you're a Star Trek fan, I definitely recommend giving it a try. I know that some people who are long-term Trek fans find it a little dark, I suggest giving it more than one or two episodes to try. I think that there is the spirit of Star Trek in this series, and a lot like Discovery, I think that they're just playing a long game with it, that they're trying to show some of those principles that Gene Roddenberry set out, but in a way where it's not... Every episode ends with everything all hunky-dory. They're trying to play a long game. They're trying to play with arcs and things of that nature. So, you know, it'll get there. But you've got to sort of go along for the ride you've got to sort of trust the characters and things of that nature so i definitely recommend giving picard a try i'm sure we're going to do an episode on picard as soon as i'm done watching it i already watched the mandalorian which is something that we're going to do an episode on after that i'm not sure what we're going to get into there are a lot of choices we could finish up man in the high castle which is another show that i'd really like to do an episode on if i can find enough people to talk about it I'd also like to watch some of those shows that are coming out on the DC service, such as Titans. I know I've made fun of it, and I'm still not sure about it, but I at least want to give it a try. I've heard Doom Patrol is really good, so I'd really like to give that one a try. Otherwise, I just, I don't really know what's out there even, so I've just kind of try it out and see and look around and determine what all is there for us to watch. So keep watching this space and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about it. I've also gotten back into anime a bit lately at something that um, for a long time Beth and I were watching anime together. Mostly we were watching animes that I had seen before and was sharing with her but we did watch a few that we were watching at the same time as brand new things, and we've kind of mixed that up during, you know, most of the years of our marriage and dating before that, but in the last few years we kind of fell off the anime bandwagon, so kind of getting back into that right now too, so I've been showing her Nadesco Uh, we might, what I'm thinking of doing next is watching the uh, Yamato 2102 series, which is the sequel to the Space Battleship Yamato 2199 series, which is the remake of the... Yamato series from the 70s which a lot of people in the US know as Star Blazers so that means anything to you at all that's what we're watching and at some point in time I would like to do some anime episodes also but that's something that's going to be out in the future it's kind of weird thinking about the fact that Marvel television is kind of wrapping up and that everything in the foreseeable future is going to be on Disney Plus obviously Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the flagship television show and it's going to be almost the last one to wrap up. I think they are going to do like one season of, uh, of Hellstorm or something on Hulu at some point. So that's kind of like an add on, tacked on thing. But all the Netflix shows have ended. Uh, Peggy Carter ended a while back. You know, Cloak and Dagger ended on Freeform. Uh, Runaways ended on Hulu. So everything is kind of wrapping up. So feels kind of weird, feels kind of sad in a way, because I think like, there was a lot of experimentation there a lot of interesting things going on with characters that I don't think they're going to worry about for a very long time now over on Disney Plus. So it's a little sad. I know there are some rumors saying that oh they're going to revitalize you know Daredevil and everything else, but I'm not sure that that's really true. So um, and most of the sites reporting that are the ones that are disreputable and cannot be trusted. So um, you know I wouldn't put too much credence into any of that. But uh, but yeah, kind of saddened that the uh, final seasons of, of Agents of Shield is coming but hey that's why we're giving you the season six review just now to sort of prep before season seven comes out so hopefully you will enjoy that so after my rambling monologue now it's time to join the podcast already in progress let's meet our guests for this week and so first up um you know her as one of the voices that we've had on this show more than anyone else. She loves the superhero stuff. Um, she is a cosplayer, and that is my buddy, Angie. How are you doing, Angie? I'm
0: doing great. Thanks for having me
1: back. Hey, no problem. And if if we sound like a little bit weird here, that is because we have already recorded this intro. Uh, or we have already gone through this intro, and it did not record. Um, but what have you been up to recently, Angie?
0: Um... Just had a really busy month, kind of personal stuff. So I'm enjoying slowing down and um, catching up on some TV, rewatching Fringe and preparation for our podcast episode. Um, I just saw it at Astra yesterday. It was pretty good. Recommend it. It will long be out when this episode airs,
1: but um,
0: <laughs> it hasn't come out yet. I saw a press screening and really enjoyed it. So.
1: Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, um any any other geeky stuff coming up in the near future? No,
0: nope, just Halloween and I promised my kid we could be PJ masks. So, no, I probably turn in my cosplay card at this point
1: (laughs) you know the thing though about like 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 the little kid shows is it's like my wife and i can still like quote like verbatim like so many like stupid jingles and all kinds of stuff just because of the omnipresence of like various kid shows in the house so even though my kids don't watch you know nick jr or any of those other things you know anymore it's just the, you know, it's just like, it's going to stick with you for the rest of your life.
2: Just so you know. hey. <laughs> um,
1: Although every once in a while you'll find one that's actually genuinely good and you'll be surprised by how good like a show aimed at like, you know, preschoolers is. Well,
0: for the curious, it's not PJ Masks.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I haven't heard of yet. <laughs> um, but, uh, cause my kids are out of that age group, but, um, Okay, well, yeah, um, and 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 you're going to be watching Legion soon, right?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, I can find a television that is worth watching it on.
1: <laughs> do you have Do you have a way of connecting your laptop to your TV?
0: Oh, probably.
1: Because I know we talked about you didn't want to watch it on a small screen, and I get that. But you know, if you have an HDMI cable, I would think you could connect it to your TV. So that's an option, it anyway. Depends
0: on whether there's an HDMI slot free. No, I'll figure something out. I'll watch it. I meant to watch it. In fact, I was kind of horrified. I thought it was on Hulu and it wasn't. So I.
1: Yeah, no, I was the same thing with me. I was like, oh, it's on Hulu. Like, if you need a Hulu, like you know, password, I'll give you mine or whatever. And I looked and I was like, whoa. Yeah,
0: that was my. I should have watched it live. I just I figured I could watch it on Hulu, but. I'm going to have to figure it out
1: another okay. way. Yeah, because it sounds like they wait like nine or 10 months before dropping the seasons on Hulu. So you can see seasons one and two on Hulu. But like, like I was reading a website that said like, yeah, like it'll be like probably sometime like uh, in April, they're predicting that it'll be on Hulu. Oof.
0: All right, kill me. Yeah, I'll find some way to watch it. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's good to have you back on, Angie.
0: Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
1: (laughs) No problem. Next up, it is a man of such legendary, legendary geek pedigree that... Um, I can't believe we can get him on this podcast. He is uh, from, he he hails from the Satellite of Love. Uh, You might have seen him on Westworld or in Jurassic Park. And that is my buddy, Mr. Mike Nelson, the Trex Light himself. How are you doing, Mike?
3: Every time you do that, I want to have my own theme song. (laughs) That would be
1: weird, though, because it's like... Like, we need to find a composer who could be like, you know, do like the Jurassic Park theme, but with like a bit of like the Mystery Science Theater music thrown in. And, you know, we could kind of merge those two together, you know, it'd be kind of cool. And I don't know what that would sound like.
3: I wonder if that's how Dubstep came about.
1: Okay. So, so Mike, what's, what's going on for you? What's been happening since you were last on
3: the show? Uh, nothing really much. Just working, streaming, uh, finding an apartment or looking for an apartment because I'm being an adult and I don't (laughs) want to do this anymore. Doing what exactly, Mike? (laughs) Just finding an apartment. Just, God, I just, it would be great just to find a place and just like, look, how much, how much, how much does you rent? What's the application fee? Here, here. Can I have a place? Cool. But I want it to be like a hotel room, where it's just let me pay, let me live, and we're done. Yeah. But no, we had these credit checks, and then we have the pet deposits, which, ugh. Mm. hate pet deposits. Oh, I'm sorry, it's pet fees now because it's not a deposit because you're never getting that back. <laughs> so, so you have a pet? Uh my.
1: Girlfriend, a girlfriend, Mike. How have I not heard about this? Okay, all right, it was genuine the first time, people. You just gotta have to believe me. So, how am I just now hearing about this, Mike? (laughs)
3: Uh, keeping it kind of low key at the moment, okay. Uh, with her being in a different city, Uh I don't want to like jinx it, but but so far, she's talked to her shaman. And the shaman likes me and is telling her Mm. to hurry up and move over here. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, I got the shaman's blessing, so I think I'm good.
1: Okay. Yeah, and she's moving from? Atlanta. Yes. So, proof. Proof, Mike, beyond anything else that she really likes you.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Nobody moves from Atlanta to Columbia, okay? It's just not a thing that happens. So It's not. It, I,
3: I did. It's not like I wanted to stay in this town, but the town didn't want me to go either. Right. So, all right. Well, congratulations,
1: first up. Thank you. You're welcome. And, yeah, I hope that the, the whole apartment thing, you, know, you can find something that you like. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of room for you to set up your bots. <laughs> do, you know, some... Some nice riffing, you know. Yeah, it
3: would be great. Just, and then just hear her just yelling. It's like, what are you
1: doing? You're being weird. Well, okay. So I don't know anything about their relationship or how you know her. She knows like you're geeky, right? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure you're not trying to pass.
3: So so real so real, so real story right now. She actually called me a yuppie just a few before we even started recording because currently in columbia it's hootie and a blowfish is on tour with bare naked ladies right. i want to be at that concert because it's here in town she's like hootie and a blowfish you're such a yuppie i need we need to cleanse you you have horrible music taste i'm like i live in columbia south carolina <laughs> You are born and bred to love Hootie and the Blowfish, okay? (laughs) If you're born and bred to be a Gamecock fan, you gotta be a Hootie fan. I hate the Gamecocks, but I love Hootie.
1: Oh, man. The funny thing is, I saw the post on my feed about Hootie and the Blowfish, and I was just talking to my wife about the fact that,
3: oh, yeah, they were popular in South Carolina, weren't they? (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, they got American Ladies, too, and even though it doesn't have Stephen Page in it, they're still a good band, and I'm like, yeah, I would love to hear that, and uh, one of my friends was there, and I was texting her about what was going uh, She was, because she, we we're texting back and forth. Like, she's like, Yeah, they're playing the Big Bang Theory song. I'm like, Ew, can we get like to a good song, please? Oh, oh my. Oh, yeah. It's because I don't like bang- Big Bang Theory. I do not like that song. <sighs> and that song is a good song. Okay, so we only have two guests on the podcast
1: this week. Sorry. <laughs> Mike just had to drop out suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: okay all right that's fine but i love my bear i do love, i do love my bear naked ladies those those canadian games. okay
1: <laughs> um but uh yeah like it's uh, <laughs> it's good to have you back on the show
3: it's always good to be back
1: right. and finally finally rumor has it that this man was at dragon con this year uh he is the guy that absolutely hates pluto um he loves to hear the sound of his own voice though and that is my nemesis mr ryan guthrie how are you doing ryan
4: uh I, you know i kind of stopped listening after dubstep and <laughs> bare naked ladies and hooting the blowfish so i don't know i think i'm doing okay, okay.
1: <laughs> so um for those at home who may not know what dragon con is ryan what is dragon con
4: Dragon Con. Well, you know what? I'm gonna. When people ask me this question, I like to quote um, the actor who played. Oh gosh, I'm blinking on his name, but uh, Colonel Ty in the remake of Star Galactica. Okay. Um, and he he said that Dragon Con is the the best kept secret of sixty thousand people.
1: Okay. It's eighty-five thousand now.
4: It's well, yeah. Well, the last time he was there was sixty. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It's, and that's kind of what it is. It's the it's built as the Southeast's largest um, science fiction fandom multimedia you know convention. It's a, and the way I kind of look at it is, it's a, if you want to look at Comic Con San Diego as corporate then this is more fan driven there there's it's definitely a, a for-profit endeavor but it's it does have more of even though it's eighty-five thousand people over five hotels it does have more of that fan feel to it
1: yeah i mean the thing that i've heard is people say it's like if you mash san diego comic-con with mardi gras and that's kind of the feel yeah you
4: know, i've, I've nerdvana and you know stuff like that yeah uh, i've heard this or yeah nerd uh geek, Something with Marty Girl, a mashup of the word of the term Marty Girl. I can't remember, but yeah, I've heard, I've heard all that. Too. And it is. I mean, the thing about Dragon Con is I'm not, you know, I'm not in my twenties anymore, so I don't party. And uh, not that I did in my twenties either. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's whatever you want it to be. Like uh, I was actually I had to explain it to someone else today, and it's it's you can go to a panel talking about you know, how Tolkien affects writing in today's world to a panel about how captain america uh why he wouldn't change the hi- history going back in time to a panel about uh you know uh genetically modified foods to a panel about i mean it's got science tracks it's got multimedia tracks it's, it's how to do your own youtube channel you name it you can find it at DragonCon.
1: there are the absurd panels too like you know uh, recipes pulled from fantasy worlds yeah. was one that i heard about this year that i was like what i mean like you just make up the ingredients that i mean i don't even get how that's a no, panel well, yeah, but okay well, some,
4: because there are i mean there are cookbooks a lot of these fantasy series really i think i know there's a game of thrones cookbook um there are others but one of the absurd most absurd panels which is also one of my favorite ones it's scientists verse movies and it happens at 10 o'clock at night and there's alcohol involved but it's a group of uh, five or eight actual scientists who they will who the moderator will show them clips from bad movies with bad science and they have to explain why it's actually good science and why it could actually happen why mega shark could jump into the sky and grab a plane out of the air and pull it down you know? oh, wow. and it's hilarious
1: okay you know? okay yeah so all of this is my preamble to say that not only all of you listening at home should come to DragonCon, but you know Mike and Angie. I get it; you've got a little kid, but you know when he's grown up a little bit, you guys need to come to DragonCon too because it is the most amazing experience. And let me tell you this: if if any of you guys who have never gone before go to DragonCon, uh, you know and and uh, or Mike, I know you've never been for the whole time; you've been like one day one time. It was a full
3: eighteen-hour day, sir. It was
1: a full day. <laughs> Yeah, that's because you drove both ways. That was wrong. That was wrong. But if you guys come to DragonCon, I will make sure that I am there that year. Because I totally want like to be with a friend while they experience Dragon Con for the first time. I will like very lightly do the things that I want to do. I just want to follow somebody around while they experience Dragon Con for the first time. Cause I I I I, I just want to see the wonder and awe on somebody's face. <laughs> Because it is the greatest. I have been to many, many cons in my life. Nothing is like Dragon Con. It
4: it is something to behold to see someone at Dragon Con for the first time. Someone you know. Someone who discovers it. Uh, I've got friends who I never thought would be cosplayers, who are cosplayers just because of Dragon Mm, Con. It inspires them.
1: No. So, so Ryan, I I I don't want to you know turn this into a Dragon Con podcast, but (laughs) what were the what were the quick highlights of your uh, Dragon Con 2019?
4: Dude, um, that, that's like – okay, well, uh, there were way more Ships Ahoy uh, cosplays than I was expecting. Okay. Um, <laughs> Ships yeah, Ahoy? Sailors everywhere. Oh. You know? oh, 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 I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you, yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, I mean like the highlights uh, – well, um, I can't remember if it was this version or version 1.0 you were talking about. But I, I don't – I try to avoid the walk of fame. I, I don't want to meet my celebrity crushes mm. because it, it would – kind of ruin things for me you know um so uh I did get to uh you know I met eyes with Anson Mount and that was a, a thing and I got to I got touched by uh I got touched on the shoulder by David Tennant and Catherine Tate stepped on my foot so those are the highlights no. my day, <laughs> 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 yeah you know it's always
1: hit or miss with the celebrities because like Anson Mount I did not enjoy meeting at all not that he was bad to me or anything but it's like I wanted to engage with him a little bit, and he didn't seem to want to. All he wanted to do was seem to, like, push his podcast on everybody that came up to get an autograph. So, yeah. <laughs> you
4: know, but, just- I mean, he he just emits this serious vibe yeah. that it's just, it's hard to, I, he, that maybe that's why he was perfect for Pike and perfect in Hell on wheels, mm-hmm. uh, hell on wheels. But it's just, yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, there's an intensity coming off of that guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The great thing to me is when you find the celebrities that aren't getting much love and then appreciate it when you come up to them. Cause there were a few where like, they didn't have a line and they were just kind of sitting at their table. And it was like, they seemed like genuinely appreciative. Like I, um, Oh, oh crap! I forgot his name. like like, like Shaz Latif or whatever who plays Um Vogue slash uh, Tyler on Discovery. Um, he didn't have anybody at his table when I walked up, and he was like appreciative, and like we chatted for a little bit, and that was fun. Or um the dude who plays Isaac on uh, Orville, uh, and we chatted for a bit. So those those were really you know nice experiences, and I, I like when you can get like a little bit of time with the celebrity, and it's not like like, like you know Lana Perilla... She had such a line. (laughs) You know, it was just kind of like, I really wanted to meet Lana Perilla, but she was, you know, she was under the gun, and there was a long, long line. And uh, you know, for the people that they didn't have like David Tennant was so big he was in his own room, but for the people yeah. who didn't have their own room, it was Zach Levi and then it was Lana Perilla, at least what I was seeing as far as lines where, you know, they had the biggest lines. And uh I, I didn't even bother with Zach Levi. I would have liked to have gotten his autograph, but when I saw the size of that line, I was like, nah.
4: Yeah, I had to skip on him. Uh for no small part, I think he was just there for like Friday and Saturday and I don't even, Saturdays, it's just, that's when all the people buy their day passes and it's just too crowded. I I completely avoid celebrity. That's when I just find a track room or a couple of track rooms and kind of hunker down in in there. Um, But I will say this, if, if you do Dragon Con, If you can stay at one of the host hotels, because you will have a celebrity elevator story every year. I've I bumped into Jamie Bamber on the elevator. I bumped into the entire cast of the Guild on the elevator. I bumped into um, what's his name? Uh, uh, from from Discovery. Um. Toby, not Doug. Doug Jones. I've bumped into oh. Doug Jones on, on <laughs> I was the like Toby. Toby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doug Jones. Uh, yeah. 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 Doug Jones. Yeah. I've bumped into um, uh, John Delancey on the elevator. I mean, I'm it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I. I. even. Uh, I was. I, it took me a little while to figure out what celebrity it was, but I got into uh, a. Um, I was kind of mean or short with the celebrity. I didn't even realize it was a celebrity at the time in an elevator. And I was like, why didn't you? Because not you – because the elevator wasn't moving. I said, did you try pushing the button? why don't you try pushing the buttons? <laughs> I was a little bit of a jerk. And after we, after we got off the elevator, I realized who it was. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, that could have gone better. You, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> you will have an elevator story. <laughs> mm.
1: Yeah, well, those the host hotels are very hard to get into. If you don't call within the first 30 seconds that they open, you are not getting it. So, I mean, there are chances later because people like look for people to buy the room off of them if they later find out they can't go. Or some people get their cards declined so a room opens up but even then like once word gets out that a room is opened up it gets snatched up really quickly so it's this they call it the the host uh hotel hunger games uh so it it really is
4: it is aptly named it really <laughs> is yeah
1: yeah so my recommendation is especially for a first timer don't even worry about the host hotels just get one of the hotels nearby they're going to be a lot cheaper uh if you find the right one some of them are i guess i should Qualify that. Do a little research and find the ones that are cheaper, uh, but are within walking distance of the actual host hotels, and, uh, and just do that because yeah, it's 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 way too much stress to try to get into a host hotel.
4: <laughs> there's some truth to that it's it takes there's there's an art form to it, but uh, I until I have a room booked, I always there's a certain level of anxiety.
1: Well, a lot of people I mean. get legacy because once they get in if they if they like the hotel usually gives them an opportunity to book again for the following year before they open up rooms for new people. so yeah <sighs> anyway, yeah, for me, my positive experiences with celebrities, um, Donald Logue. Was really, really cool and I could not believe that he actually recognized. Like I spoke to him. I was in cosplay. I was the third doctor and I spoke to him on the walk of fame. It's fine. I just got his autograph the next day. I was in a thing that he was doing where it was Monday, you know, final day of con, Labor Day. There were only, like, a th- it was only, like, three rows of people in the humongous auditorium that they usually have for the guest panels. But since it was only him, you know, and, and, it, was, and it was early on Monday, it was very few people. And he was, and he, like, saw me. And he was like, hey, brother, how's it going? And he's like, you know, good to see you again. And I'm like, whoa, you know, because <laughs> like, he wasn't on the stage. Like, since it was just him, he was, like, on the floor in front of the stage so that he could, like, you know, have more, like, interaction with us and everything. That's so, cool. Yeah, no, it was really cool having that one-on-one session with him. Um, I got to meet Sean Pertwee in my third Doctor cosplay, and he's, like, really, he seemed really appreciative of it. Um You know, so we talked about his dad a little bit, and so that was kind of nice. And um, then uh, I met Emma Dumont, and that was... No, it really was. So so there, 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 are, there, are, there are, like, the positive, like, interactions you have with guests, and then there are, like, the super interactions you have with guests. And, like, the first time that happened for me was at the very first con that I went to, which was Animazement in 2000. And um, I got to spend time with one of the voice actresses, and that was a really cool experience. Then um, David Hewitt from Stargate Atlantis... The first year I was at Dragon Con, um, because it was another one of those situations where nobody was at the table, so he spent a lot of time talking with me and my family and everything, and that was really awesome. But yeah, this year it was emma and and it's not to say like it was special just for me. she was taking time with everybody, you know like she was she was talking with everybody, she seemed interested in what people you know uh, were saying to her, uh, she seemed to have some geeky knowledge. You know, like people were talking to her about comics and stuff. And, you know, and when I said, hey, you're here in character because she had the green hair and everything, she made sure to point out to me she's not in character because this was not the gifted version of Polaris. She had the X-Men blue version of Polaris on. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I was waiting for Mike to make a comment. (laughs) Just so you know, Mike, on Sunday, she was the gifted version of Polaris. So she did both. Oh, it's
3: okay. Who is the faces. Ooh, sorry. Uh,
4: you know, some celebrities are like that. They get it uh, or, or they, they just they connect in a way that don't. And, yeah, I, again, so that we don't make this all about a Dragon con, uh, podcast episode. But uh, I will say one other thing for DragonCon is there are celebrities who attend DragonCon con not as guests, but just because they want to. Maybe they're in Atlanta filming or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they will go to... Osric Chow, who has whose on Supernatural, has been there. As, I bumped into him, not as a guest, but just hanging out. And I never met him, but supposedly Patrick Warburton was there one year and a few others. It, it, just, it just, that's what it gets. It gets people who, oh, um, another Battlestar Galactica, the chief from Battlestar uh, Galactica. He's been known to show up as well. Oh,
1: yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, Jamie Chung and Emma Dumont, like, crashed a fan panel on The Gifted. Yeah. You know, so, like, yeah, the guests just, you know, they're having fun she was cool to meet also jamie chung i don't want to downplay jamie chung because she was cool but just emma was next level
4: well and again just to, to show you what the diversity of of subjects at dragon con one year uh i'm i'm again i'm blinking on people's names today but the actor that plays uh he's he's wasn't pirates of the caribbean he's uh uh the saint of uh killers and and preacher uh Tavis something, but anyways, his wife is in *Downton Abbey*, and he was a guest, and she came as his plus one, and she crashed a *Downton Abbey* panel, <laughs> and uh, it blew them all away. You know? That's
1: awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so yeah, *Dragon Con* was a lot of fun, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, it it it's it, it. I just everybody like go to dragon con if you've never been just just go for a day if you can't go like not if you're driving for four hours like mike over here <laughs> but like if you live in the atlanta area and you just want to like test it out go for a day you know but yeah even if you live far away you will not regret it if you spend the weekend It it is it is great but um yeah so ryan anything since dragon con
4: uh a lot of just recovery <laughs> yeah,
1: no, that feeling, uh, yeah, yeah
4: no i mean um uh I just unpacked a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just trying to get back into the groove of the real world. All
1: right. So yeah, now that we're done talking about dragon con, <laughs> 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 it's time
4: for our five
1: minute controversy. And I think this week was a no brainer since it's the first podcast that I've recorded since this news came out. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know, probably while I was at dragon con or maybe just shortly before, the news came out that Sony and Marvel had broken off their relationship, and Sony was going to take Spider-Man and just do their own movies that weren't part of the MCU. It sounds like they're keeping Tom Holland, so there's not going to be a recasting in that, you know, in that sense. Um, and in fact, it sounds like they're even keeping the writers for uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home uh, to work on the next movie. But my question is is this good news for anyone? Um, so, uh, Mike, why don't we start with you?
3: Can mom and dad please just, <laughs> just work it out? <laughs> I think this is coming to, I, I honestly this has truly been a symbiotic relationship that one cannot survive without the other. This, this story of uh, Disney and Sony working together is more Venom storyline than, than than the Venom movie itself. <laughs> um, all right, so
1: our, so explain to me. I get the part about Sony not surviving without Marvel. How does Marvel not survive without Sony?
3: We can't push forward without Spider Man. We literally put the world on that kid's shoulders. To be fair, I am not. A, I like Tom Holland. I am actually not a fan of the Spider Man. Uh, my Spider Man was indeed Andrew Garfield. But I like what Tom Holland is doing. I like the stories; they're great. Not a big fan of MJ, but it's another story. I just don't see Marvel pushing forward without Peter Parker, without Spider-Man. We cannot push forward. We're gonna we're gonna need to stay into the cosmos. We're gonna need to stay out in space and not come back to Earth until we get Spider-Man all figured out. Hmm. Okay. So, so go ahead and load up the. The, the reboot of Inhumans, the Kree War scrolls out in space, because we're not coming back to Earth until Sony and Marvel get together. Alright,
1: don't believe all the clickbaity articles. I don't think we're getting a reboot of Inhumans. Even though I know that that's been one of the clickbaity things that have been, you know... Because with Eternals, they don't need Inhumans, frankly.
3: No, I uh, I don't read such, uh, such horrible diatribe, okay? Big words. <laughs> and, uh... No, the reboot of a human's just my is just my hope. No, Not with Vin Diesel. <laughs> no Vin Diesel. Okay, no, yeah, yeah,
1: no. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that was... Oh,
3: jeez.
1: Oh, Vin Diesel is Black Bolt. Ugh. Anyway, alright. Um, Angie, what do you think? Is is this a good news? Is this good news for anybody?
0: No. I mean, I I think I said on the, you know, the Far From Home podcast like, I think that the movie itself was kind of, at the meta level, kind of passing the torch to Mm Spider-Man, because Captain America's gone, now Iron Man's gone, who's picking up the man, who's leading the next wave of Marvel movies? And I think you rightly pointed out at the time that, you know, there was this partnership that was contentious at best. Um, But I I stand by my statement, I don't know who's picking up the torch if not Spider-Man. Maybe Doctor Strange, but he's... I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't see a clear leader emerging if not Spider-Man. I mean, I guess Captain Marvel could like beige us to death. I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I don't really know where it's going, but yeah, it, it's not very controversial, but I, I think it's just a damn shame.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, they could even do like, that could be part of the story though, is that somebody needs to step up, you know, that there is no clear, you know, like uh, person, you know, available. Although I suspect it's going to be Captain Marvel.
0: Great, Beijing
1: today, man! Awesome. <laughs> Ryan, what do you, what do you think about all this?
4: I think I think first Mike mentions uh, hooting the bluefish, and now <laughs> Andrew Garfield, and um, I, I'm done. <laughs> I just I don't know. It's like the world I came back to a different reality from Dragon Con, you know. <laughs> no, but uh, regarding Sony and Disney, okay, I have two. Thoughts that are not mutually exclusive, which is that Disney is a greedy, self-serving entity that will consume everything and destroy everything. They—they're probably going to single-handedly put out put movie theaters out of business, or at least break them. And Disney is better creatively for Spider-Man than Sony will ever be. So (laughs) that's kind of where I'm at with this. I, I side with Sony. They're right. Disney is asking for way too much uh, for the next half of this deal. But I'm also like, just give it to them so I can have my Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 um, I think they Sony will be able to go forward with Spider-Man, but it won't be the same. I, I think uh, – I don't know that they'll – they'll still be successful. I don't know if they're going to break that billion-dollar mark again, uh, but they'll get up there. They'll, they'll you know come close. They'll touch it. Um, As far as Marvel goes, I think, yeah, they've got a way forward without Spider-Man. But Kevin Feige said that it it was always going to end. And be that as it may, it wasn't supposed to end like this. And that's the part that gets me. Because if it had been an agreed to, like, oh, we're going to do one more movie. If they said, we'll do one more movie together so that they could come to a satisfactory conclusion that works for everyone, then I would just feel better about it. But this just feels, yeah, it feels like, 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 like. Uh, our parents are arguing we went on vacation to try and save our marriage to save the family and it didn't work and now they're getting divorced
1: yeah it's one of those things where i see i feel like the sense of entitlement that people have about this like kind of blows my mind because it was amazing it ever happened in the first place So I always knew that this was going to be like a temporary thing, because competitors don't like working together. That is true in everything. The only time competitors come together is when they absolutely need to. And Marvel had a storyline that yeah, they could have gone without Spider-Man, but Spider-Man like made it really click. And at the same time, Sony was going through a bad time. So they came together for a temporary alliance to do something that was mutually beneficial to both of them. And people are like, well, but they'll make more money together than separately and it's yeah but they're both you know multi-billion dollar movie companies so they're not hurting for money like Sony's not hurting for money anymore like they were a few years ago so you know they they would rather not work with their competitor even if it means making more money because they don't want their competitor to do it they don't want to help their competitor this is just business 101
4: and that's I mean I actually granted I don't know the finances completely but the way I understood the rumored deal that Disney offered—if—if uh, if it was what the internet was stating, you know, mm. big grain of salt there—then right. I don't know that Sony would have made more money working with Disney. Right. Uh, yeah, because fifty percent of the profits with the MCU. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Yeah,
1: no, that's true. But the thing is, the, the people who are reporting the details are things like Cobb's Cosmic Book News or WeGotItCovered.com or those things yeah. that are like, they make up the news rather than reporting the news. So I'm not sure we know the full details about any of this. Um no, but, I, we do. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah. So, and the thing is, there's two other things that need to be factored in. The success of Venom, which I think blew everyone away because Sony mm-hmm. made a cheap schlock thick that they I'm sure they thought would only make like you know it'd probably do like a 250 hundred million you know or 300 million and it made 900 million dollars (laughs) almost you know so they did really well with that and then um, you know on the flip side uh, Disney acquired Fox which makes Disney an even bigger threat to Sony right now so I I see both of those events coming together, too, making them decide that, yeah, this is not a relationship we want to be in anymore. We do not want to help Disney anymore. Um, and we feel like with the success of Venom that we've figured out the form. Vo- now, Venom was a fluke in my mind, but, you know, maybe they think they've figured out some formula for successful movies. So, you yeah, know.
4: Cast Tom Hardy. Right,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, you know, all the rumors have been like, now it's going to be Venom versus Spider-Man. You know, so, you know, well, we'll see.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, there was one vague connection to Spider-Man in the, in the Venom movie, but yeah. Well, I know, but the rumors
1: um, are there's going to be a crossover movie now that Sony's pulled out from Marvel and can have Venom and Spider-Man in the same movie.
4: They can, yeah, exactly. Now there won't be, there won't be that Marvel, uh, no- you can't do that continuity wise so right. it's going to get all crazy up in there right
1: yeah because I mean Marvel was basically like yeah Spider-Man we share but all the other like Spider-Man adjacent characters that you have are off in their own universe so now that Sony's got you know pulled Spider-Man back they can use all those other characters in a Spider-Man movie if they want um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I, see, and here's the thing. I think ultimately this is better for us, even though it hurts in the short term, because I would like to see that third movie that was, you know, that would work in the MCU. But here's what I'm thinking. Eventually, Sony is going to do what happened with the first set of Spider-Man movies. They're going to run the property into the ground, and eventually they're going to sell it back to Marvel. And I think in the end, it's going to all work out. But I think it's going to take, you know, 15, 20 years to get there. but <laughs> we, <laughs> And a, a string of failures. <laughs> I <mean>. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's Sony. It's Sony with Spider-Man, so I'm pretty sure the string of failures is coming. <laughs> 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 so, you know, we just have to walk, you know, wait out the clock on this one. But probably about the same time that Marvel's ready to reboot the MCU, Spider-Man will come back, so it'll work out. Um... But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're all in agreement. This is not really great news for anyone, I think. Um, you know, I don't think creatively it's going to do anything for anyone. And uh, it's, you know, I think both companies are going to be kind of confused for a while as to what they're doing. So, I think that's why Feige, though, has been making sure that the movies that they have on their current slate are things that have nothing to do with, like, the core Avenger kind of storyline is so they gave themselves a little bit of room to figure things out
4: maybe i mean i think it's also they're just doing the, their whole disney plus rollouts. So.
1: no it's true yeah no it's true 90s
3: animated shows Woo-hoo. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's a whole other podcast all right but it's because it's all connected it is like oh god all right and with that segue we're going to uh pause for a moment for a promo for another fine podcast
3: It was Sean and the podcast about mankind. The Soulforge podcast was a dream given form. Its goal? To prevent fear by creating a place where humans and aliens could work out their differences peacefully. It's a pod for all, with topics including love, loss, sex, dating, and so much more. Humans and aliens wrapped in the ESO network all alone in the night. It can be a dangerous place, but it's our last best hope for peace. The year is 2020. The name of the place... Soul Forge Podcast.
1: And we're back. And uh, as we said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be talking about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6. And uh, this is kind of interesting because uh, Mike and Angie, neither one of you have been on an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast before. So I'm just going to ask you, you know, before, you know, discount this season. First five seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., how do you feel about the show? Uh, So we'll start with you, Angie.
0: I've really never been on one of these
1: before. (laughs) Not for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Huh. Um, I have loved this show start to finish. I um, I didn't start watching it live. I came to it a little bit later, but I did manage to stay unspoiled about the ward reveal in season one. Um, And, yeah, I've just been enjoying the ride ever since. Since I'm, um, I've been really impressed with the production values and the storylines, and uh, yeah. Um.
1: Okay, So <laughs> no, that's all. You, I just wanted a few words. I mean, it doesn't have to be like anything super huge. All right, uh, Mike, what about you?
3: I, uh, oh man, that that first season was uh, was quite the the build. I've loved it. Millier. It's really great. <laughs> it's. It was it was slow going for sure, and I still absolutely miss that Asian Shield is not tied in to the movies, I, I, and I'm sorry that the writers were struggling. I'm sorry the producers were... I don't care. Your struggle showed the amazement that it can be when you're tying in this universe with this show, and it was done brilliantly. I don't care what anyone else says. It was no. great. But Jeff Loeb keeps telling us it's all connected.
1: Well, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, because they stopped. I no. I we I had a whole uh, panel at DragonCon about this, about the it's all connected tagline and how it's a bunch of hooey. Um, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> or not, it could still be. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well. Yeah. Anyway. Um. We're gonna take a different tack since I already talked about that at DragonCon with this one, but um. So so this is the interesting thing. So like I said, you guys. You know, Angie and Mike, you haven't been on an Agency Shield podcast before, and that's because we've had a string of regulars for these. It's been Ryan, but then it's also always been Jennifer Hartshorn, and then it was either Eric Ratcliffe or James Rowe. Now, what I find interesting is that none of those people are watching the show anymore. So did you feel like there was a big dip of quality either last season or this season? Um, so let's start with you, Ryan, what do you feel about the show? You know, do you feel like the show has been like losing something and that it's, you know, like you don't feel like watching it anymore or do you feel like it was just as strong as previous seasons? Uh,
4: there was a difference. There was a, there's a tonal difference, but I wouldn't say it was a, a drop in quality or anything like that. Um, as I believe you previously mentioned, uh, the show at season five felt like it had a natural ending, and and then it kept going forward. And you, this has happened in other shows. Um, Supernatural is another great example. It Probably should have ended in season five, but it kept going. Um, Preach. now it's on like <laughs> season
1: nineteen or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: <laughs> but uh, so it's, it's it was a shorter season, and in a lot of ways, it was. More ambitious because they still tried to do the, these mega storylines, but they packed them into a smaller space. Uh, so I do think that did create differences. I could see how it wouldn't resonate quite as well with previous seasons, but you'd have to watch it to get that feeling.
1: Sure. So you don't think that this is uh, either a backlash against season five either?
4: Not necessarily. I think I, I, I did just because there's so much TV out there to watch that if you watch through Season 5, you thought, yeah, I like that. That's that's good for me. And you could walk away mm. from it. Or,
1: yeah. Well, fair enough. Um, Mike, what about you? Did you feel like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been going downhill, or do you feel like it's still like, the same level of quality? It's...
3: Are we including Season 6? No, now you're including Season 6, yeah. Okay. Season 6 has definitely shown that I... I one through five has just been a buildup and they've, they definitely leveled out. It was a good level out. It was still a great time of watching, but season six as with how short the episodes were and they weren't really all that tight to uh, either because multiple things were going on and with so amount of short shows, nothing really got fleshed out in some spaces. I definitely felt that this was not, this was basically like almost uh, saying, hey, we are definitely almost done we've we've ran out our time we've ran out our time with this and i think we're all ready to kind of move on i'm not sure if that was on whose decision really made that point because maybe the writers were like Yo, we can still go but we don't want to okay we're gonna have to break this <laughs> but uh, i definitely feel that this is slowly going especially at the end of last, at season five with colson's death it's like well we really lost the the Jim who pseudo carried this show. This was supposed. This could have really been a season to show that the show can go on without this. Yeah, character. and
1: instead the whole season was about how everybody wants the character back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
3: and it truth, be, it truth be told, I love the actor who plays him, the Coulson character. Somehow, somehow became a one-off character that was supposed to just be a one off is now growing into this wow just i mean honestly i feel like he should be he really is a director he created shield from the beginning but but colson just became this amazing fixture in shield history that once he was gone and he needed to go just I mean sometimes you got you got to uh, hand the torch off to the next group and he did a great job on that, but this season did not really envelop that.
1: Mm. And uh, Angie, what do you think about uh, about the quality of the show?
0: Um, I, I would say I didn't enjoy season five as much as some of the other seasons, but the, the quality, I don't think, went down. Um, season five, I did watch on Netflix, and so I kind of binge-watched it, and I wasn't waiting week to week. I wonder if... That maybe affected my perception of the season, um, but yeah, no, I've I've been enjoying it the whole way through. I I didn't really realize that was controversial.
1: Yeah, no, I've just been seeing a lot of content. Like a lot of people don't even watch it anymore. A lot of people say they stopped after season five. I mean, there's there's the wave of people who stopped after the or during the first season who you can't convince it got better. You know, like no, no, wait, you needed to get to the end of season one. <laughs> don't think the whole show is like those first few episodes of season one and you know those people just don't listen but um you know but yeah no there's there's a lot of people who didn't like season five and there are a lot of people who just kind of like gave up on the show and i've been kind of surprised because like you i feel like the show is well, i will say this season did not grab me as much as previous seasons but up until this point and I don't feel like this the season was bad by any means. I just feel like it's kind of a... Up until this point, I felt like each season was better than the one before it. Um, and, and it's only now where I feel like we're kind of rounding a curve uh, on that. And and I think it is because the writers struggled a little bit, because season five was such a natural ending. And so I think they had to come up with, oh, crap, what are we going to do now? And it might not have been as fleshed out as their ideas for other seasons. Um but before we talk about that, the other thing that I've I've just wanted to ask people about perceptions and stuff, because there's a part of this season that I felt was saying one thing, and I'm just really curious how other people feel about this, because I haven't asked anyone. Um, so we have a flashback during this to Tahiti, you know, with May and Coulson. And... And, and, and it's all part of like May flashing back because Sarge looks just like Coulson and she's got some sort of issues to work through May gives Coulson a drink and then he dies did May murder Coulson so that he would go quietly in his sleep
0: that never occurred to me, and I don't like it. Why would you go there? <laughs> what, do you do? what
1: is wrong with you? Because I thought that's what the scene was saying. <laughs> Damn, bro. And, that, <laughs> and that's why it's so shame. especially painful bloody? for her to think about Colson <laughs> Is that's because it was so weird? It was like she gives him a drink, he sips it a little bit, and then he just like lays back and dies. And I'm like, that's really weird timing, eh? <laughs> B, you know, like, I don't know, like, she has these anger issues with the Coulson face, and I'm just like, is this because she's, like, loathing herself for what she did, or, you know, I don't know, it just, yeah. I mean, I get it's May,
4: and she likes to hit things anyway, but, you know. They they would have had to establish that he was in so much pain for, for her yeah, to as do as far them.
0: as I can tell, he had, like, TV disease where he's totally fine until he's dead.
4: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It just it just seemed weird to me. Like it wasn't like oh he was asleep and he wouldn't wake up. It was like he was talking. Everything was fine. He takes a few sips and then he's dead. It just seemed strange how it was you know laid out there. But anyway,
4: <laughs> well I guess the season's all about not taking drinks from May. Huh? Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So so what did you guys think about Sarge? You know, so Sarge, you know, you know, like I said this last time. I said, you know, first of all, they can't do the show without Clark Gregg. I assumed that meant that they were going to find a cure for Colson and that he wasn't going to die, you know. But, you know, they didn't. You know, they, they have the Sarge. So, you know, what did you guys think about Sarge and Gregg's performance of the character? Um, start with you this time, Angie.
0: Um... I think you could tell that Clark Gregg really enjoyed doing something a bit different. Um, so that was actually really fun. I, you could tell he was having fun with it. Um, so I liked that aspect. I think the show went to some extremes to highlight the fact that they were like genetically identical. I don't know. I, I feel like it didn't quite land the explanation of his existence. I almost would have preferred no explanation to like how much time they spent on the explanation for what he was yeah um but in terms of the performance you know i thought um i thought it was uh really interesting um just to see how the characters relate i mean how do you relate to somebody that you know shares a face but not a personality with somebody that was close to you so um the, the part of me that Adore's Fringe really liked that part.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the part to me, because I'm pretty sure this is a change from what they had planned. The idea, you know, there were three monoliths, right? And I'm pretty sure from the beginning they planned it to be space, time, and reality. But because I think, like, Doctor Strange is going to be about the multiverse, they probably were told you can't do, like, multiverse stuff, you know, in in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so, you know, until we do this in Doctor Strange first. And so then they made up that it was the monolith of creation, which I'm like, well, how does that work? It's just a stone, right? You know, the other stones, they turn into liquid and you walk into them and then you transport it through space or time, depending on which one. But, you know, it's kind of like the monolith of creation thing seemed really weird to me. And, like, the whole idea of, oh, and because they all merged together, it created a Coulson in a different space and time and all that. I just, I agree with you. I would have rather just had it be like... And when Sarge showed up, I thought that's what it was. He was coming from a parallel reality. He was the Colson of another universe coming to our universe. And he had just forgotten what his name was because it had been years since he had used it or whatever had been brainwashed or who knew why. And, yeah, the whole thing... Thing of trying to explain that he's this other thing from this other place that was created by the I just I just needn't need that. So yeah, I kind of agree with you on that one. Um Mike, what did you think about Sarge?
3: Clark Gregg wanted to carry a big gun. He died <laughs> carrying a big gun. <laughs> Now he's just wrecking face with a big gun. Yeah, well, you, you, yeah. Let's let Clark Gregg being like, I want to be Butch, you know, for my next character, right? You know, like, uh, <laughs> like I've been, I've been strong, I've been timid, I've been a leader. Let me blow stuff up. Just let me be a badass. Come on, let me do it. Uh, the character's art was, I liked everything until the reveal. <laughs> just uh. Just like, oh, I got bad headaches. Like, cool, he cool, give him some aspirin. Keep blowing stuff up, dude. See, kind of the anti-hero, and it, it was a really... I think I think really Clark Gregg had, like, a lot of fun with it. And honestly, I did, too. Just his interaction with May, just being kind of snarky. Oh, I like your ex-lover, don't I? Oh, my God, that hurts so much. <laughs> <laughs> he figured it out so fast, guys. Mm-hmm. But then we find the reveal of... I don't even remember... I remember when they explained how this, how Sarge, why he looks like Coulson. I remember they talked about it. I think it was so dumb, I forgot it.
1: Yeah, it's so basically, if you remember the episode last season where, you know, there was supposedly this tear in space-time that opened up to a fear dimension, and then there were all these manifestations appearing, they're saying it was never a tear in space-time to a fear dimension, it was just the monoliths interacting, and because they were interacting, it was creating things from the human mind, and that when Coulson was there... You know, like somehow it like from his mind created another Colson, but in a different time and place because those monoliths has also been shattered. It's really convoluted. It's clearly not the direction they were trying to go with that previous episode. It's something they made Nathan, up on the spot. You just,
3: it's, do you yeah. have like a board of monolith stuff behind you? Like the Charlie Gates? Uh,
1: I, I right probably now? should like, yeah, set up the board, right? Yeah, because it's, it's really convoluted and it's retconny and I didn't really care for it either
3: thanks for bringing the monolith back, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, so Ryan, what do you think about Sarge? You know, I'm clearly in the minority here because I actually thought the, or his origin story is pretty clever. Uh, the execution I had problems with, but, uh, I thought using the monoliths, it brought it back full circle. We're clearly wrapping up loose sins because we know we're going into our swan song. Um, I felt like uh, it made it made sense, and it was original. Maybe it was a little convoluted, but it wasn't just a clone or LMD or something like that. This was uh, something that because Coulson was the only one who he was the one who walked into um, the fear dimension, so it made perfect sense that he, that he would be the one. He actually stepped through with the the other monoliths, and you know he didn't see Loki, his greatest fear. He should have, but. Um,
1: yeah, but I remember him standing in front of the thing and then putting the device up. He didn't actually walk into it. He stood next he to it. He
4: entered into that area of space time, you know, warpage uh much further than any of the others did. Yeah. So I-, I can buy it. Uh the things I couldn't buy were the fact that you know, this this uh, replica of Colson, uh, who's 150 years old, basically, he just hasn't shaved for three days. And that's the only physical difference between <laughs> him and Colson. You know, that, that I had issues with. I mean, give him a couple well, of. No,
1: badass no, no. I think he had his hand. He had both
4: hands. Yeah, so that was the hands, difference. But, I, but, that's, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
1: but
4: they could have given him some badass scars or an eye patch or, you know, something. You yeah,
1: because that's not like a cliche. <laughs>
4: Hey, at least it would have been a little bit better, I felt, um, just to emphasize that this guy's had a different history. They
1: could just give him a goatee. Yeah,
4: (laughs) you know. (laughs) No, because that definitely screams alternate mission. Snowflake, (laughs) your agonizer, please. Oh. Yeah. would 1010 would watch you know i mean <laughs> <laughs> so but,
1: yeah i mean the thing is i liked i liked the harder edge to sarge and i like that clark Gregg got to play something different and i thought that that was kind of neat like the way that he just basically tells mac i'm gonna just start running this place and, you know, how he walks all over Like, You know, I hated that for Mac, because I thought Mac was a stronger character than that, but, like, at the same time, I liked the way that he was just so self-assured, and he really was kind of like... I don't know. He, he was, like, the sort of darker, harder Colson, you know? Um, and, uh, but um, the thing that I thought was really cool about what they did with Sarge and how Sarge was used in the story is that knowing the way the audience would feel that the audience would want Coulson back. They played on our expectations and almost gave us the story we were expecting which was, oh Coulson really is in there somewhere and if we just believe in fairies you know, Coulson will awaken inside of him and he'll come back to us. And I was strung along with everybody else until the final reveal when it was just like, nope not enough Coulson in here. you know? <laughs> And uh you know, he stabs May and pushes her through the board. Even then, I was thinking this is a ruse in some way. Like, this is a plan. This is, like, this is not really happening. It's just to fool Izel. Nope. Wasn't wasn't fooling. So, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciated the misdirection on that
4: one. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to get Colson back. But, yeah, I, I kind of thought we were going to get, you know, our old man Logan uh, version of Wolverine. Uh, you know, there was going it was going to be a more – like, I didn't see – I never saw Sarge in um, – I, I agree with you I felt the same way like this is how we get Col- this is how we get Clark Gregg back and this is how we keep him but I didn't see Sarge and May getting together for instance well okay was, sure
1: yeah. but like when he called uh Daisy Sky yeah. you know like that like I had the same reaction she did you yeah. know like oh my god Colson it really is Colson and somehow like they just have to get like his memories activated or whatever so you know yeah I um yeah, I mean, that's, it. I, I thought that was well done. I thought that part of it was well done. Um, but, uh, all right, so um, on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel, I was in a Dragon Con. This one was a hit. So how does everybody feel about Enoch? <laughs> so let's start with you, Mike. How do you feel about Enoch? He's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, are we besties?
3: yeah yeah I have to I I didn't see this is I love that within Agents of Shield we get these (laughs) little guys that we love so much and you know Enoch introduction during that whole uh, like what it was last season when we introduced him right or was the season before
1: technically it was the very very end of season four but he he did barely did anything then so Yeah. yeah season five is really where he yeah, just it.
3: just having him and and he was really just not in my eyes, he wasn't supposed to be this guy. He was just supposed to be, you know, it was like, I'm just here just to in, just to watch, just to let things go, protect this little girl. I'm gonna live my life. But how wrapped around he was by making his own decision and staying with Fitz and I, I need more Enoch and Fitz. <laughs> I I need that. Uh, Harl and Laurie, uh, Laurel Field. Like, that's, those two combined, like, Gemma, thanks, you're great, we love you, go away. I need this, bro, I need these two guys, this buddy comedy, to just flourish, and we got so much of it, I'm super happy with, but Enoch was, I can't wait to see what happens in the next season with Enoch, I really can't. Yeah.
1: It's, oh, I'm pretty sure you're going to get more Enoch and Fitz. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's on the in the cards. Yeah. No, it's funny that you said, like, Gemma, you can just go away because, like, my friend Jen, who's been on a lot of these, as, you know, she always refers to Gemma as the dumb bag of hair. And, uh, you know, it's 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 just funny how, like, everybody loves Fitz, but, like, Gemma's just kind of like,
4: eh. But she has bangs now. You know, don't really care. She has bangs.
1: <laughs> yeah. Bangs yeah, She does. She does. Oh. Uh, that's not what dumb bag of hair means and you know it but anyway (laughs) yeah um so ryan what do you think about enoch
4: i mean are you kidding (laughs) you know uh he he stole every scene i don't know if it's the actor or the writing i suspect honestly that it's the actor they got this guy and he just he took it in a direction i wouldn't be at all surprised if uh enoch was supposed to be done with last season but just because of that performance that they're writing more and more stuff for this guy um yeah if they wanted to just if yeah if if it's just a show that's canceled, and yet yeah, we get Enoch and the Stars. You know, I'm I'm good with that.
1: <laughs> okay, the way that you made it sound though, Enoch in the Stars, it makes it sound like he starts a band and uh, exactly. you know. <laughs> but yes, <At> yes. <laughs> so I, now I'm imagining it as like this show about Enoch and his space band going through like you know and performing. I, I now I need this in my life.
4: It's- like Jim and the holograms, but. Right. Yeah. Oh my god, he brings back the key yes. <laughs> yes! That's my favorite instrument.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't think they had plans for Enoch beyond season five, and it was just the strength of the reaction that they were like, "Hey, since we're doing another season, and it totally makes sense because Fitz, you know, he would, you know, be with Fitz in cryo sleep, so, um, you know, we can write him in."
4: Yeah, I mean, his his you know, "quote unquote" death in season five was probably the most powerful part of season Hmm, five for me.
1: Um, And Angie, what do you think about Enoch?
0: Uh, I, I love anybody who takes bold action.
1: But um, <laughs> uh,
0: I, I two things um, because I, I agree with everybody, and I would I would watch Enoch on the holograms. Um, I, two things though, one I've never been more angry with Fitz when he was hurling abuse at Enoch. Yeah. Two, all the rest of the cr- chromaticons, chronicons, yeah. chronicons. All the rest of them suck compared to Enoch. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they can't, they don't have the gravitas and they don't have, like, they just don't have the cadence. And I think they're all trying to imitate Enoch's actor poorly. So that kind of took me out of it a little bit for the season, which is more of a compliment to Enoch, but... (laughs) I just i found the rest of i found the rest of his race quite annoying
1: yeah i'm predisposed to liking robotic characters like data is one of my favorite characters on next generation and you know stuff like that but you know and enoch is in that lineage um and i don't know what it is that like it's always the same way when someone is a lead playing like a robotic character they're great when somebody is an extra or like a reoccurring character playing a robotic character they're awful and that's what i think you're seeing with the chronicoms is like it's just like yeah all those other ones it's just kind of like yeah it's um, a caricature um, rather than really trying to do like what Enoch is doing um, and yeah I just oh god he is so funny and he's funny in that great way of like not because he's being humorous but because he's so steadfastly not being humorous, <laughs> and just saying things, like, with complete sincerity that are weird things to say, and just, like, I still love the whole thing of, you know, <laughs> because we're besties, you know? And, like, the whole, like, way that he just, like, does the whole thing with bits. Oh, because you don't expect that kind of character to, like, use terms like besties, you know? And so it's just... <laughs> Now, on the other side of the coin... Maybe it's not the other side of the coin. Ryan had a famous line from our last Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode that Deke was no Lincoln. So, um... (laughs) (laughs) So, Ryan...
4: (laughs) We'll start with you on this one. (laughs) How do you feel about Deke? Uh, For the most part, this season, I would say he was most improved Mm. character. Um, I I liked Deke uh, basically... Aside from his borderline creepy violating certain rules by creating a, a holographic depiction of, you know, sexy Daisy um, in his video game, um, which is a little skeevy, um, other than that, I, I feel like he was definitely better this season. I, the moment he moved out, from S.H.I.E.L.D. and tried to be his own thing Yeah, he's doing what Deke does Cashing in on what he already knows But I found the character more interesting Still in that capacity uh, his, his relationship with Sequoia Building his business I don't know, these, these were just way more endearing to me Than him just chasing after uh, Daisy with puppy dog uh, eyes Um he, even his relationship with Fitz, trying to get this version of Grandad to uh, Gam Gam and um, – uh, what is uh, – <laughs> I can't pop, remember what was it, pop, pop Pop? Yeah. yeah some, maybe, yeah. To, to love him, which is for some reason it, it clicked better for me. Uh, may, maybe he, there's just better chemistry among the actors. I don't know. But he worked he worked better for me in that respect. Lose lose him and Daisy and he's a great character.
1: Um Okay, but really, there is nothing about Sequoia that was endearing.
4: <laughs> no, no, not Sequoia herself, but just the, that sort of artificial Silicon Valley life that he was creating for himself.
1: You know? uh, uh, okay, all <laughs> right. Uh, that's an interesting take. <laughs> um, uh, so, Angie, what do you think about Deke this season?
0: I wouldn't kick him off the show. Um, it's funny to me... Um. I found everyone's reactions to Deke to be more problematic than Deke himself this season. Mm. Um, last season, you know, I thought he was a fine addition. I didn't, I didn't really have a lot of standout moments that I felt, you know, kind of endeared me to him over overwhelmingly. Last season, um, this season, his speech about why he left was um, pretty pretty gripping so i appreciated that but like i don't understand why everyone was such a jerk to him this season he's obviously really smart and yeah he's kind of annoying but like that's not new for this team they have daisy so like <laughs> i don't <laughs> i don't understand yeah. where the animosity is coming from because it seems completely undeserved for the most part right.
1: but but see daisy is pleasant to look at
0: um, deke's attractive enough oh, okay i, don't, all I mean right. i don't all all <laughs> Can't he was selling them one. out. He was stealing <laughs> but, but, their no, no, no. No. Shield owns part of his company. Like, I don't. Uh, know. And, well, and besides the
1: fact, how do we know what he got from Shield in the present day and what he just knows from the future? I mean, it's like you can't just take his knowledge away. He knows things. You know, he's got futuristic technology that he worked with. You know, he figured out how to like reverse engineer the framework. You know, I mean, he's, you know, I mean, he's, and so it, it doesn't surprise me at all that he was able to, like, create, you know, a virtual reality video game that was better than anything
4: else, you know. So, so you're saying maybe he's going to invent transparent aluminum anyways, so it's okay? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a time loop. He was always the inventor.
4: Yeah. <laughs> right. He's he's. I would say he's his own grandfather, but we know better than that, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean,
1: we joked last time about how Deke was like a third-rate Star Lord, and I think that there's a lot of truth to that, especially how he's depicted in season five. But I agree with you, Angie. I think that everyone was way, way, way too hard on it. It seemed almost artificially so, just so that he could have you know, his moment at the end of the season. Um, and, and yeah, I agree that that was probably a little bit of a problem in the writing. Although Fitz is the one, Fitz is the one, though, I buy his reaction every time. And I feel like that's genuine because it's like, he's like, well, he's an idiot, you <laughs> know? And that whole thing. I just love that that's like, 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 he's wondering like, how can my genetics have produced this? <laughs> you know, and I love that reaction that he has to him. Which, you know, is just, you know, people are, like, not liking things about themselves, you know, deep down. That's, like,
4: what it all really is. But, you know, whatever. It just occurred to me as you were talking that he left at Season 5. He abandoned them, so to speak. So that could be what a lot of the animosity was. Is that they feel like he, he, he quit the team, he quit them. And so they feel hurt and betrayed. Although, to be fair, against Talbot, he wasn't really going to do
1: anything. Like, there was not much that he could do there. And so, you know, he just felt like if this was his last, like, day on Earth, he wanted to spend it in the you know, nice, you know, Didn't park areas or whatever. With some go, Zima, yes. He,
0: I, I swear someone encouraged him to go and, like, experience, like, the outside world before it all ended. Yeah, I
1: think you're right about that. I, I, I would need to go back and rewatch it, but I feel like, yeah, that they were they were all pretty cool with him leaving. Like,
4: yeah, go. <laughs> That's when they thought the world was gonna end. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I will, I will let people do whatever they want if the world is gonna end, but once it doesn't end, it's like, dude, what? what
1: where were you? <laughs> you know? Although, I, I this is one of the things that pisses me off about Agency, of S.H.I.E.L.D., they were down to, like, just like a skeleton crew, right? I mean, I realize Deathlock brought them, like, 15, like, more agents or whatever that he found, you know, which is always funny to me. It's like, we always kill off the very last Hydra person, we kill off the last S.H.I.E.L.D. person that isn't part of the core team, but somehow more always turn up on both sides, but somehow, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is now like another, like, it was built up to where it's, like, this huge organization again, so they don't need him either for that, so I don't know. Because um, they talk about even having an academy again. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, well, there was, a, there was a time jump. I it mean, a year. One year. That's not a lot. And Marvel time it is. You know. Yeah. So, so Mike, how do you feel about Deke? Well, do you feel like having a Zima?
3: I would have a Zima with him. Okay. So I sure. would. I think last season I got the character and he I was okay with him. This one, uh, as a gamer, I would stream that game. Uh, I think it was a very good game. <laughs> and, but I think this is... He, Just like the, the reward at the end of the game. I can neither confirm or deny. <laughs> uh, you know, high risk, high reward. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so
1: You'd give Daisy a lemon, wouldn't
3: you? Yeah, I, would, I gave her a limit on the first episode. Come on. <laughs> like, just dump the whole barrel
1: okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Chloe Ben is just one of those, like, extremely, like, extra- attractive people that, like, has no right to exist in this
3: world. yeah, exactly. so, you know. so, yeah, so Deke, with the character, uh, what they did with this season, he formed his own company, he, he he wanted to grow out there and be his own man, learn about the world, capture it, definitely use little uh, stuff involved to make that happen. But I, you know what? I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s got to keep the lights on somehow. Where, where are they getting funded? Thanks, Deke. Thanks. This is the thing I brought up at Dragon Con
1: that I feel like people aren't like noticing about Deke. He was trying to use the future tech to end world hunger. You know, it wasn't like it was all about profit and just like, ah, I'm like a wealthy one percenter now, (laughs) ha he's smoking a cigar or whatever. He's like, I'm trying to, like, use this to fund, like, my project to, like, create, like, a cheap, like, food, like, easily mass-produced food source that we could, you know, put all over the world. And so, yeah, I feel like the S.H.I.E.L.D. people were way too hard on him, even about being like, oh, you're making money. And it's like, yeah? (laughs) He's also trying to
3: end world hunger. So. And oh my God, what was what was his girl's name again?
1: Sequoia. Sequoia. Thank
3: God, y'all are gonna know. Like, no, I can't know. It's like the whole the whole Boba Tea thing reminds me of my friend Christina, <laughs> uh-huh. and I just lost it. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to know anything more about Boba every, Tea. Every time. Uh, every time Christina
1: mentions Boba, or I used to anyway, she does it too often. I always post like a GIF of Boba Faggy on there. I'm like, what is this? What are you talking about? This is the only Boba I've ever heard Boba of.
0: is <laughs> delicious. Y'all shut your mouth. <laughs> but no, Deek
1: definitely... Oh, she's just another West Coaster.
3: <laughs> Deek uh, definitely got uh, shafted a lot in this. And I... I'm not sure if it was really Shield keeping them in the dark to protect him or if maybe they. I, I think. I think a little bit they were that Deke did leave, uh, but Deke, did, Deke Deke was separated when Deke found out about Colson. When Deke found out about uh, Granddad, when like all this information is swelling on him, and I'm pretty sure like like any time you get into a sticky situation, you're going to call that person. And he's like, hey, gotta let you know. They would instantly be at the doorstep and try and fix you. Try and help out as much as possible. And that's Deke. Deke, De- Deke missed the opportunity to be that to be that for for S.H.I.E.L.D. in this time, especially when it comes to his family.
1: Yeah, I feel like the not telling him about fits was the thing that was... And I have a hard time believing Gemma would. Because Gemma likes Deke. She's liked him, you know, and she's, she's loved the fact that he's her future grandson, you know, from the moment she learned about that. And so I get that, yeah, okay, we have a spare Fitz that we can go find or whatever, but I find it very odd that they wouldn't have tried to contact him about Fitz's death. Because there was no guarantee they were ever going to find the spare Fitz or that, you know, all that would work out. And so that, to me, is the thing. Like, yeah, Coulson, he didn't need to know about Coulson. He wasn't especially close to Coulson. But the the not telling him about Fitz thing, I think, was the thing that's like, you know, that's just wrong.
4: It does make you wonder. He would have reason to want to help find Fitz. And he has spacefaring knowledge and knowledge of alien races. So... Yeah, it, that, it is odd that they didn't at least ask, hey, you want to come along for the trip?
1: I have this feeling. Again, I feel like this season was almost like kind of rushed because I have this feeling that the writers just came up with, hey, Deke as like a Silicon Valley tech guru... And that was, oh, ha, 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 they all kind of laughed and tittered. And so the whole story, like, revolved around that rather than, like, really thinking things through, like, we're doing, like, no, of course Deke would be on the trip to help find Fitz and all that. You know, that's what would have happened. You know, they just felt like they would go for the cheap joke. Rather than you know actually develop the ideas logically and and that this that was one of the things that I felt like kind of fell flat for me personally and because I felt like even all the stuff with everybody being angry with him and everything felt very artificial. I think it ended in a good place and I love the way that Deke looks when Mac finally calls him agent, you know, and 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 he's just like, you know, like he's he's arrived. He's now an official agent, you know, and so. Um, Yeah, yeah, I like that, but, um, yeah, I I did feel like a lot of Deke's storyline was problematic, and frankly, ever since, when he was in the future, I felt like Deke was just trying to be Star-Lord. I was like, oh god, they think that this guy is Chris Pratt, and he's not, and, you know, they're telling him to be Chris Pratt, and he's not, and, um... And yeah, but ever since he's gone back to the present, I felt like his story got a lot stronger and the whole idea of the fish out of water and, you know, learning that these are his grandparents and all that, all that stuff was really good, I felt like in season five. And I felt like we had, we took him to this really absurd, silly place in the beginning of season six, only again, to give him a path back to being, you know, a little more of a compelling character. And so I hope with season seven, we run from that rather than just making him like, you know, the joke character
3: again. And speaking um, of the Joe characters, as Ryan was saying, it's like, yeah, he has great knowledge on alien races. He could help out in space. I immediately just I was like, yeah, but now let's look at the real Deke. I'm not going to space with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have that Zima.
1: I
0: could see Daisy nixing the idea. Completely. Oh,
3: heavily. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that was the other thing I mentioned at Dragon Con. I even though I want good things to happen to Deke, I don't want season seven to end with Daisy finally realizing Deke's charms. I mean, she is bad at choosing like partners. Like that's been est- well established.
3: Uh, no, let's <laughs> leave.
1: Lincoln out of this. <laughs> but, you know, um oh oh her choices have all been bad, Mike. It's not just Lincoln.
4: Hey, Ward wasn't a bad choice. Ward? It's just <laughs> <bad>. <laughs> He was a Nazi! <laughs> Jeez
1: I shouldn't have to explain this one. But um But yeah, I uh yeah, I feel like, uh, but but yeah, I do not want them to end up together because that will feel. I, I already feel like Fitz and Simmons ending up together was already a weird and artificial thing. It will feel weird and artificial if suddenly Daisy is just like, "Oh, Deke was the man for me all along. Uh, No, no, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> I don't.
4: Wait, you see, this this all goes back to my point though. Deke became interesting. When he stopped chasing Daisy, it just – and I think writers have this – he was introduced as you know Daisy's new love interest. And once we got past that, he became, oh, OK, well, I want to know more now. So I think writers – we're just stuck in this 80s mindset where every, whenever you have a, a character that's a woman or, for that matter, a single character, you have to have a love interest. and. Yeah, we're moving past.
0: Is that is that confirmed that he was introduced as a love interest? Well,
1: it seemed that way. It seemed like that's where they were going with that. Yeah, whole lemons
0: and everything. Well, he had a crush on her, obviously, but like, I don't think he was introduced to like be her. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think
4: she ever reciprocated. No. uh,
1: Yeah. Right, but then she didn't, re- She didn't like, she and Lincoln didn't hook up as soon as they met either, so, I mean, it's, I don't know, I feel like Daisy's one of those, like, first we're kind of, anim- you know, have animosity towards each other, and then, like, with Ward, first we had animosity towards <laughs> each other, then I kind of like him, you know? You we know, had animosity like, towards right, each <laughs> other. Right, then I had animosity, you know, but yeah, I, uh, yeah. So I thought, I thought, cause again, the writers are writing at the level of an adolescent, that you know, it was good, you know, they have to fight first and then they show that they really love each other. Um, but.
0: No, no, no. no. That's how boys make friends. <laughs> right.
1: No, I know that. But a lot of people like say like, oh, when the boy pulls the girl's hair, that means he really likes her, you know, like stuff like that. But, you know.
0: Surprise, no one likes that. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. But, uh, but, yeah, see, I don't think, Ryan, that he's gotten past it, though, because even though he was dating somebody else, as soon as he's back with AZ, he's still, like, looking at her with, like, longing eyes and everything. And... Oh, yeah,
4: but unrequited love is interesting, but hmm. wh- whatever it was before, I don't know, it just it didn't work. Now, he's, he's developed into a person that is not just
1: mooning over daisy yeah no i mean that was kind of my problem with the fitz and simmons thing was that you know it was like fitz moons over simmons simmons shows that she clearly likes tall dark men you (laughs) know because first she was interested in mike peters then she was interested in trip you know it's like that's her type you know and then it's like and then suddenly it's like oh you know now suddenly i'm in love with fitz because he just pined after me long enough
4: in case you forget, there was an astronaut intermediary Right, no, them. I know, I know,
1: but again, tall, I mean, tall and handsome, although not dark.
4: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, a little science-y.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just, I'm just
4: saying, you know,
1: it felt really weird when Sanjuchi was just like, oh, you've pined for me long enough, I guess I love you too, and I'm just like, what? Huh? And I felt like for Fitz, it would have been healthier that even if they had eventually gotten together, Fitz should have dated somebody else in between there, so it wasn't always like Fitz was just this puppy dog, you know, that had that just, you know, pined for her until she finally reciprocated. But, oh well, that, that ship sailed long ago, so I shouldn't keep uh, keep harping on that. But, um, Izel. First of all, A, does anyone really get what Izel's plan was? <laughs> and why she did the things that she did? And B, what did you think about the performance? So, um, I guess we'll start with you, Mike.
3: I wasn't feeling it. It, it really just probably needed, like, another episode or something. But I, I just, I got the the fear. I got the fear engine that was basically being done here, the fear engine bringing in her sick little bats to take over everything. Uh, her cho- her I guess her children or whatever need a home. I for for a villain, I liked a villain introduction, and honestly, it it really felt like a how am I? I want to describe this almost like a like a King Arthur story where you have this evil. And here comes Sarge with the sword. Like, first off, just the sword in general was like, okay, this very, for me, it felt like very King Arthur-esque. Like, he was just coming to slay this evil dragon uh, who just wanted to cre- uh, bring more dragons into the world. It just didn't fit for me as a as really a villain. I like that she got in uh, with, with Fitz and Enoch. I, I like that she got in with that, helped him get home and slowly took over the crew is like this all seems a little weird now this seems bad but when we actually got to the fact that it's like yep she's the big bad she apparently can't die the her weakness with sound i will give her credit that was actually brilliant that was some cool science right there folks some cool science put that for dragon gone (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, though. I, I feel like a villain who you can defeat just by keeping your jaw clamped firmly shut is, uh, <laughs> or at least stymie her
3: plans, isn't, like, the better. And how would they how does deke survive then how did he survive
1: you know because the whole thing is like everyone just stands there with their jaw slack open it's like you know as shrikes like fly down their gullet and it's just like what the heck people
4: keep your mouth shut you know like yo-yo like (laughs) oh you're it's because they're on basic cable nathan if they're another network even to keep your mouth shut the shrike is still getting in another way you know oh that's
1: true that's true that's true yeah no Thankfully, they didn't go there, but (laughs) yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, like my wife and I just kept screaming at the TV. Keep your mouth shut! You know, hey, there's one of these things. Let me poke my head up into the air vent with my
3: jaw slack open and see what happens. I'm so glad I was not in the room if you said that. It's like, keep your mouth shut. You do not speak to her that way. It is 2019, Nathan.
1: No, no, that was when the boyfriend that I can't even remember his name because he was such a throwaway character got, uh, oh, got the Shrike in him and he died. He's like poking his head in the air vents, you know with his mouth open
3: look that's that to me proved how of a badass and also really just oh my god so badass that uh that she was that yo-yo was who like she she it's funny now that we say this yo-yo killed her boyfriend to quote unquote save him but we gave nathan crap for his idea that May killed Colson with a grape. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel bad. <laughs> um, so, so, uh,
1: yeah. Um, do you have any clue what Izel was th- like? So before Iselle came to Earth, she was just destroying planet after planet. Do you have any clue what that was all about because I don't feel like that was explained at all. Like why she came to Earth makes perfect sense with her explanation, but the the, the all, you know Sarge has been following her for a 100 years and you no know, what was that all about? Who are you ask? I don't know.
4: I
0: got
1: okay, I'm just thinking if Mike knew. Now it's your turn, Ryan. Ryan, what do you think about Iselle, and do you understand her plan at all?
4: Uh to the first I I uh... I liked her until I (laughs) Um, (laughs) did In the very beginning, uh, when she's first introduced, I actually had this idea that maybe she was the good guy and Sarge was the Uh bad guy. And I kind of liked where they were going with that. And then it's like, no, yeah, she's the bad guy. Okay. So it just – if she kind of became a little bit two-dimensional there. She was entertaining in and of herself. Um, They've certainly had worse villains. Um, But I I just – I don't know. It it just – it felt like – Maybe if they had a longer season, they could have done more with her. Um, so I, I just kind of feel like she got um, the short end of the stick there. As far as her plan goes, okay, she's scouring the galaxy looking for the monoliths. And because once she finds monoliths, she can summon her people, and her people need hosts. So the Shrike are infecting the, the locals at every plant she goes to to have the hosts ready should the monoliths be there. You know,
1: <laughs> just in case. Okay, okay. All right, then let me ask you this. There was the whole thing where Sarge, with his truck, were barreling down on the strikes that were going to destroy the Earth before she get to the temple on Earth. What was that all about?
4: He thought he was going to get Izelle in that same blast.
1: Right. But she was doing the thing where the strikes were going to destroy the world before she got to the monoliths.
0: That was according to Sarge, right? She didn't say she was going to do that. No.
1: Yeah but we've seen we saw the video footage of her destroying worlds before
4: well did we see the world destroyed or did we see the shrike just take over i I mean i'm trying to remember i don't think we saw the world come apart um i think we just saw the populace and shrike everywhere just dominating the world so depends how you want to phrase destroy the world if every human is destroyed if if all life on earth is destroyed the world is destroyed but it's not really destroyed
1: okay Fair enough. Um, I felt like with the way that structure was coming together, it looked like it was, like, embedding into the planet to, like, actually crack it open, but...
4: Or I, I got, like, an antenna vibe from it, so I guess each...
0: Maybe she just got so pissed every time the monoliths weren't there that she just blew up the planet. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that could be true, too. No, that's
1: that, that's one interpretation, anyway. It wasn't explained, anyway, is my point. Like, her motivations seemed really mercurial. And even when she says, like, oh, our existence is completely without form, yet May is knocked into her dimension, and it's like, uh, I see form. You know? Like, it's pretty corporeal, you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what that was all about. Um, but anyway, so, Angie, what did you think about Izel?
0: Um... I, I really liked the actress. Uh, I thought she, her a- accent, and like just the look of her was um, really interesting. Um, I hate the wig. I don't know why the wig was a thing. Um, I don't know what they were doing or going with that. Um, I, yeah, I kind of, I kind of agree with what's already been said. I liked her until I didn't. <laughs> like, at some point, she crossed over from. There's a difference between being. Alien, right? Your motivations are so kind of off kilter with the humanities that you almost get the sense that they just can't conceive of the conflict that you're having versus just being pissy. And by the end, I feel like she was just being vindictive and mad, and that wasn't very interesting. Where in the beginning, it was much more like she had that conversation, but Fitzsimmons about you know the potential of the universe and all that stuff and so I kind of thought that's where they were going with her this is just a truly alien creature alien enough to be from another dimension you know and they kind of envy this experience that they don't have that that they want Um, So that was very fascinating and very interesting but I feel like they kind of dropped the ball with it and just kind of made her a one note villain by the end well yeah
1: like her and Sar just like arguing with each other like in the finale I was just kind of like all right, we needed like 50% less of this (laughs) <laughs> because that that was not very good at all, um, especially since it just kind of went around in circles yeah I mean I liked her I felt like they made her too uber powerful with she can phase through things and possess people and you know all this other stuff I don't know I just she was more interesting when she was like the impending th- like when you weren't sure if she was the threat or if Sarge was the threat and you know it felt like she had to recruit people to her side rather than just like take them over and you know like she was getting Fitz and Simmons to work with her and stuff like that and she just, like, the Shrike was her MacGuffin only, like, she didn't have all these powers herself. I I liked that a lot more, and I felt like as we, the more we learned about her, the less, like, the the less interesting she became, and, you know, the less I liked her as, you know, uh, a character, um, which I think is pretty similar to what everybody else is saying. So, just a couple other things. I mean, I'm not going to go character by character, because first it would take too long, and Um, you know, everybody can give a shout-out towards the end um, if you have anything more you wanted to say. But one thing I did want to talk about um, is uh, Mac and Mac's role as director in this season. Um, You know, I love Mac. Mac's been one of my favorite characters since he was introduced. I love Mac working with Fitz. Um, You know, I like the fact that Mac's always saying the thing you're thinking at home. Um, I missed the the shotgun axe <laughs> that's like wasn't that on the, the wall in yeah, of his office? The best weapon ever. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why they would ever do like scenes, action scenes with Mac and not have the shotgun axe? I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah. So um, but in this season we saw him first. We started off with him and Yo Yo being apart. We saw him kind of really failing as director. So, how do people feel about Mac and how Mac was used this season? Let's start with you this time, Angie.
0: Oh, poor Mac. It's so hard to be the paladin (laughs) in the chaotic good party. Yeah. Um, No, I love Mac. He's one of my favorites, and um, I thought he was just pitch perfect this time. He's been having this crisis of self and faith and belief for a while now for a couple of seasons it seems like it's gotten progressively a heavier burden for him and now he's in charge and I feel like everybody knows that he's the most capable person to be in charge except him and he's always second guessing himself and it's so well acted and I've just I really enjoyed watching his arc this season and like everybody knows right everyone tells him (laughs) like believe in yourself or you're still in love with yo-yo like everyone is right but he you you feel for him. He just can't believe any of it until the end. I, don't know. I found I found it all just very endearing.
1: <laughs> well, I absolutely adore Mac, but my thing was I I felt like this was another artificial thing the writers imposed of oh Mac and Yo Yo aren't going to be together at the start of the season because well first of all I was angry I was going through the five steps of grief with Mac and Yo Yo thing because I you know it was like I I just didn't want to believe it I was angry because I just feel like. That's something I feel like he's too level-headed to just let this get in the way of their relationship. And I felt like that was just so that we could start them off apart, have the boyfriend die a convenient death, and then get them back together as part of like a season arc. And that was anytime. Like a plotline is circular, it kind of annoys me. (laughs) You know, when you just bring the characters back to where they were in the first place. And so that was an annoying storyline to me. I felt like Mac should have done better than that. Um... I don't know. I I felt like Sarge ran circles around Mac too easily, too. Um, Because, again, like you said, everybody loves Mac. Even Daisy, when Coulson's like, Daisy, you as the special Mary Sue get to be the next director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Even Daisy was like, that's stupid. Let's have Mac be the next director. <laughs> so everybody except for Colson knew that Mac was the right choice. You know, everybody agreed with Daisy about it. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just feel like Mac... I felt like the writers weren't giving Mac enough credit. Um, you can still have self-doubt without him actually, like, you know, losing control of the team. Um, so, I don't know. Um, Mike, what did you think about what they were doing with Mac?
4: Man,
3: strong black leadership right there. <laughs> Obama and Mac twenty twenty. <laughs> Mac came into his own. I absolutely loved uh, seeing director Mac. Uh, and even having to go to uh, to hologram Colson just to really hear that pep talk, I would go to that I would go to the hologram too. I know I'm doing a good job, but every time I was like, Yeah, man. Thanks, man. I need to hear that. <laughs> uh, just it, it was Mac breaking up with Yo-Yo was a little bit heartbreaking for me but I knew I think even both characters understood it and even I understood it but it's and I still felt like I, I was in Mac she's like yeah man I let her go I had to do this so I could be here and, and even when he when May found out that Yo-Yo and dude were dating Mac, she goes to Mac. It's like, are you okay? It's like, oh yeah, they're oh, yeah, they're fun. It's like, oh what? It's like, dang, Mac, you really are the director now. You you all sneaky and stuff. Oh okay? well, as far as like putting
1: his o- putting the needs of others above his own, like yeah, Mac is like the supreme self-sacrificer. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And the interaction between Mac and Sarge, I don't think it was Mac was being belittled, and he didn't expect that coming from a guy with the face of Colson. But Mac cold heartedly knew that that's not the guy. That's not our guy. Don't trust him. And at the end of the day, I it, luckily Mac is that better person. Because if he wasn't, he would look at every single person. Is, what did I say? <laughs> Look <laughs> Well it was so great
1: because we had voices throughout the whole season telling us, this isn't Colson. This isn't Colson. Don't try even, even Sarge was saying, I'm not the guy you think I am. You shouldn't trust me. You shouldn't put all this on me. And we as the audience were all just going along like, oh it's Colson, it's Colson, he's really in there deep down inside. And yeah. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> But it was, but, uh, but really, the the. I'll, sorry, if I don't know actors' names. That's fine. Uh, they're in my field, and <laughs> I don't even know it. But, <laughs> but but Mac is still, ever since his introduction, has been just one of the best characters on Agents of Shield, and and thank you so much, director yeah. Mac was just
4: great.
1: Uh, Ryan, what do you think about um, their direction with Mac this season?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, if if you're going to go where I think you are with this, um, that you're going to be in the minority on this one. Because uh, I'm going to basically repeat myself from Dragon Con. And Mac, we have to look at Mac in the context. He's been a director now for a year. And in that time, he's basically completely rebuilt S.H.I.E.L.D. And he successfully managed to prevent the world from going to hell. He prevented the right. snap. You know, so... You that's know, right. That's clearly, right. Mac That's right, because we, we didn't
1: go there in this one, where it's like, well, the yeah. snap obviously <laughs> didn't happen in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. world, because there's no reference to exactly. it at all, so that's all because Mac was there.
4: And, and why did... <laughs> right. All because of Mac, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, he kind of ran into self-doubt when he was faced with Sarge, but that that was psychological warfare right there pure and simple um so with sarge he he lost a few steps with izel i think he was on his game he immediately identified that izel wasn't in quake or yo-yo and isolated them which was the smart move um they screwed that up by leaving but uh so he was he was thinking two or three or four moves ahead there um so as director i didn't have a problem with them um I also, but I think I'm in the minority. Minority here in that I did not want Mac and Yo-Yo together. Uh, I, I, I am still pissed at Yo-Yo for season five. Yo-Yo, um, I, I feel she betrayed. She betrayed Mac bad, and I think the fact that he's just. Forgive and forget is just that. That's too Mac. That's so <laughs> Mac, but it's too Mac. Yeah.
1: I was about to say if Mac didn't forgive and forget, he wouldn't be Mac, okay? And that's like part of what makes him Mac. Yeah. So yeah, no, I just I don't know. I uh, I agree with you that not every character needs a pairing. And like like yeah, Daisy's just like, hey, I need to grow up a little bit or whatever. Because you know, as people keep forgetting, she was nineteen when they recruited her, okay. <laughs> So it's like all the stuff with Colson being like, you should be the new director now always seems like, what, what? You know, but anyway, um, you know, like, you know, Daisy needs to find herself, whatever. That's fine. Yo-Yo and Mac, like from the beginning, they knew that they were into each other. Okay. So that, that one, I like that relationship. I think that's a healthy relationship. I think they're good together. So yeah, but no, you're right though. Bringing that
4: up that, yeah, that was, she did betray him. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. There needed to be some fallout from, at least in my opinion. But again, it's been a year, so who knows? Maybe what happened off screen. And um, the guy who was her boyfriend, I really, I, I love that actor. He was uh, in in the show Haven. Um, he was uh, Waranos in Haven. So I really was hoping that they were going to do more. <laughs> yeah, the with fact
1: him. that no one can remember his name on the show says volumes. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Hey, you couldn't remember uh, that there's a character that's been on for 22 episodes. Yeah, (laughs) so the guy
1: that was with Daisy and Simmons and Piper in space looking for Fitz, I didn't realize that he was a reoccurring character. <laughs> Davis. Davis yeah. Thank you. Yeah, You have to, have to remind me of his name. Like Piper, I recognize. I, she's been in the show for a while, but it's like, Davis, really? Was he there? I didn't remember that. <laughs>
4: More episodes than Piper. Oh, oh God. <laughs>
1: oh, he just has one of those forgettable faces, I guess. Um, who are we talking about? Oh, no. Uh, so <laughs> All right. So, so let's address the elephant that Ryan just brought into the room the snap so we knew at the end of last season that thanos was coming to earth it was strongly implied although people have talked to me since then and said it wasn't confirmed that the event in new york that was referenced at the end of season five was when iron man and doctor strange are fighting thanos's children in new york but it was not directly confirmed so I guess on that side there's that possibility, but the snap is not mentioned at all in season six of Agents of Shield. So what do you think is going on there? What is your explanation or headcanon for that? So uh, let's start with you, Mike.
3: Bro, I absolutely have nothing. Okay. <laughs> I just got nothing. I am, um, I'm again. They said that they want to separate themselves from it. So in my eyes, I I don't even. I don't even know if Dr. Strange has even been introduced in the timeline that these <laughs> folks are in. Okay. You know? That's fair enough. Especially with it being the fact that we went into a fear dimension. Like, Dr. Strange should have really just, like, poked his head through the through the portal. He's like, hey, stop doing this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just left.
1: Yeah. Angie, do you have any kind of headcanon or explanation?
0: Uh, two of them. One, they are in an alternate reality because they came back from the future and broke the loop. The other one is that they were in the future during the snap, so they weren't part of the snap, and then they all came back. Um, so they weren't, nobody in S.H.I.E.L.D. was part of the snap at all.
1: Yeah, see, my problem with any explanation that they, well, I mean, you could even say they're a statistical outlier, right? That, like, you know, just because, like, in the same way that Spider-Man's entire class was snapped, there have to be some groups that nobody in their group was snapped. So, you know, because you say 50%, it's a random 50%, so, you know, some some groups are going to be, you know, hit really hard, others not at all. Um, but, um... My problem with that is it's not even referenced. And, like, Endgame showed us, in the post-Snap world, no one's getting over it, right? Everyone is just mired in the, like, this is a thing that happened, it's too difficult, moving on, you know. It's, it's just this horrible thing, you know, which makes sense, because it's, I mean, half the nobody's going to recover from that, you know, even in five years. So... You know, it's not mentioned at all in Endgame, and in fact, Deke's trying to solve world hunger, which part of the whole problem thing that Thanos was trying to solve by snapping was that you know resources would be prevalent for everybody. So um, that's kind of my problem with that. I, you know, th- I've heard that theory before. Um, Ryan, what about uh, what about you? What is your thought or or explanation on that? Or, or are you going to embrace the Mac made the difference? <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. Police
4: Mac made the difference,
1: but uh, no, so, so yeah. yeah, I would like to see that like. In Wakanda, you know Thanos is there with the five stones in the gauntlet. Mac just shows up and like gives Thanos a right cross. Thanos goes down. Mac just pulls the gauntlet off, puts it on his arm,
4: and just snaps Thanos away. It's not even that. I mean, you can have all your fan service here. It, uh, it's not that Mac gives him a right cross. He shows up with a shotgun axe and does. What Thor didn't. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. That's what it should be. Yes, the shotgun axe.
4: <laughs> I went for the head. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know. but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, clearly this is an instance of of the movies not talking to the TV
1: show. The TV right, show writers... Right. that's the meta reason, right? Is that, yeah, they had no right, idea yeah. what endgame was going to happen in the game, so they had to write it right. without that knowledge,
4: right? No, the show writers went with the best information they had, which was they they assumed it would be fixed by the time season six started, because that's what always happens, you know? And that didn't happen. So now it's up to us as the fans to make it make sense. And there are a lot of theories. The, the Coming back from time to a different uh, parallel universe is one of them, and... Um, the fact that maybe the New York reference was something else is also another possible. It could have been the Defenders. Who knows what it was? Um, so there are other possibilities. Uh, I, I tend to believe that I, I want to fudge the timeline. I mean, we've done it before. We've done it with Spider-Man. Uh, you know, far from uh, coming uh, homecoming. So we, we can fudge the timeline a little bit. And I want to assume that the snap doesn't happen until. Uh, until frankly, between the six, season six and season seven, and that because they're to jump ahead to the end of the season, they've left the timeline. They've gone back in time again, so they weren't there for the snap, which is why they know nothing about it. That that's my headcanon. That's how I'm dealing with it. And the reason for this is because if the snap had happened and they'd known about it, this would be an entirely different show—a good show, an interesting show. But it would have to be a post-apocalyptic. Here's you know half of the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or two-thirds of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the statistical outlier that is all of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dealing with this new world where half the world leaders are gone and, you know, things are all falling apart. And that would be fascinating. I would love to watch it, but that would not be what we get. Right.
1: No, and I agree. And I think that those are probably the two best explanations either that it hasn't happened yet. Because, like, yeah, once once I realized that the, the reference at the end of season five didn't have to be Doctor Because, you know, if it was, then that would mean that, hey, a year later, we have to be in the snap, you know, but the vague idea that Thanos is coming, quote unquote, you know, could reference, you know, that he's just coming someday. So I guess it's not, you know, we could say that Infinity War is still in the future. From Agents of Shield, but I still prefer the multiverse idea that they're just in another reality. Because if the show never does like sync up with the movies again in season seven, I feel like that's the easiest way to just say that hey, since the movies are never going to reference the TV shows that Jeff Loeb runs, we can just say hey, that Agents of Shield and the Defenders are hanging out somewhere in their own universe. You know that uh, that it doesn't meet up with the Marvel universe, especially if they do end up rebooting the Defenders characters, which has been. It's one of those things the clickbaity sites are saying, which doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Um, so you know, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm I'm in the parallel reality mindset.
4: So you don't you don't think uh, the defenders are just sitting there waiting for their portal to open up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that idea.
1: Any second now, <laughs> you know. And with all the all the you know with all the crap that they've said about how hard it is to sync the TV shows and the movies up, how hard would it have been though for them to have a CG version of Matt Murdock, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist like walk through a portal as they're panning? You know, and just pay the actors you know whatever, for the use of their image
4: I, I don't know what are you talking about, Nathan? We got Howard the Duck. What more do you want? <laughs>
1: right, well no, no, that was that was phenomenal, and you know was was more than we ever deserved, certainly, but uh <laughs> yeah, blinking you miss it, Howard the Duck, so time travel, you know we uh, we end the season with an older looking Gemma showing up. You know, rescuing everybody, and, and then they end up in the 30s at the end. So, thoughts on Season 7? What would you like to see? What do you think? You know, uh, they could... Oh, I guess, nope, let's back up a second. Colson LMD. Good idea or the best idea? <laughs> 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 okay, Ryan, so what do you think of the fact that they're bringing Colson back as an LMD? <sighs>
4: I, honestly, I don't like it. I mean, it's it's okay, I guess. Um, but it just feels like... But it ensures Clark Gregg Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't mind season. having Clark... I will have Clark Gregg back in any capacity <laughs> that I can. And if we're going to deal with time travel, it just seems like there are so many better ways to do it. Uh, just having LMD... Colson, why stop there? Why don't we also have an LMD trip? Why don't we also have an LMD Good Ward? Why don't we also have? You know, we can have LMDs for anyone. You know, you want to. What do you? What makes well, you think we're not? Well, I mean, no case are we having an LMD Cap? You know, LMD Tony Stark? <laughs> <You know>? Sure. <laughs>
1: Hey, if they can get <laughs> RDJ and um, and Chris Evans to come on Agents of Shield, I think yeah, that'd I, I be think fantastic. They would do that if they would, yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I just, I think it just feels like too okay. easy. All right, fair enough. All right, um, Mike, what do you think about LMD Coulson?
3: I I like the idea only because this is like maybe Iron Man one. I feel I know he's supposed to have all the me- like how much of the memories are we talking here? Like everything up until his death? season four.
1: No, because um, it was the, the version of him that was uploaded to the Framework. They extracted the memory from that, so it's season four. Okay, so we
3: okay, so got teacher, innocent teacher Colson. Gotcha. Well, No, no,
1: no, it's everything from there up, like because he regained his memories like while they were in the framework. So gotcha. it's okay. everything from there. So, so he doesn't know about going to the future, and he doesn't know about his slow degradation and death. So those things he doesn't have, but everything. And Gemma said she filled him in on what happened, so he knows it, but uh, as secondhand, not personally.
3: Gotcha, yeah. To me, I think this is gonna be more or less a, a sweet, innocent Colson. Uh, like a newborn babe. That's exactly how I'm gonna treat <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm really interested to see how May's gonna react with it, how the team's gonna really go with it. I, I'm wondering if Colson, if this LMD Colson is going to try and be like, Oh don't worry, Mac, I got this. I'm a director. Like, ah, oh, will. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we need to talk about that Robo Colson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if they were going to have those kinds of issues too or if everyone's just going to naturally defer to the LMD Colson, you know, cuz they, you know, think of him as Colson when they should be deferring to Mac. Um, but uh But, yeah, speaking about May, though, I have this suspicion because they said, like, her wounds were so great that it was going to take her a long time to heal. And then, like, in the last few weeks, we've heard she was cast in The Mandalorian. I have this suspicion that we're not going to get May, at least in the first few episodes of next season, uh, because, like, the schedules for recording The Mandalorian and or Filming Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. like, overlapped or something. And I think that's why they, they put that statement in there. So we might not get May's reaction to the LMD Coulson for a bit.
3: Yeah.
1: Eh, just a thought, anyway. Uh, so, Angie, what do you think about LMD Colson?
0: I mean, when they introduced the LMDs, I figured it was inevitable we would end up with LMD somebody. I actually assumed it was going to be Ward. Mm. So, I, you know, it showed up and it didn't surprise me. It didn't really excite me. Um, and I I think there's some really interesting things they can tease out with it. Um, you know, like, like is everyone going to just defer to him because he looks like Coulson and that sort of thing? But also... You know, where is he going to start diverging from the original Colson as he develops with his own experiences, essentially? And how it, does the team react to that and how extreme is it? Um, all of that could be really interesting. Um, or they could drop the ball on it and not do anything with it, which would be a huge disappointment. So, I, don't, I mean, I'm not super excited, but I'll watch it. I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm excited about the time travel, but the more I think about it, the more I think I just want it to be like Legends of Tomorrow with the shield cast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which might be what it is. Which is
0: fine. I'm there if that's what it ends up being.
1: <laughs> yeah, um with the LMD Colson. Uh, it's funny because when the show first started, I assumed Colson was an LMD and, and they kind of played on that. They knew a lot of comics readers knew what LMDs were. They knew that we had seen Colson die in the first Avengers movie. And they sort of teased us. It was another misdirection with the thing like Colson being like, I have no muscle memory and stuff like that. Where I'm like, ah, because he's a robot. So of course there wouldn't be any muscle memory, Aha! you know, kind of stuff. And then of course it turned out that it was because they pumped him full of Cree blood. Who knew? Um, <laughs> (laughs) But uh, (laughs) so I felt like this was almost taking things full circle. I did actually in season four hope that they were going to pull like the good Ward out of the framework and stick him in an LMD body. And I was hoping that was a way of keeping Ward. Uh, They didn't go with that. But uh, I I did. I did have that thought at one point. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like now we're finally getting to where I thought the show was going to start with. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't think it's good or bad in any way necessarily I like that he seems very much like almost like a classic like early Colson in his mannerism which to be fair was just like one line um, but it just seemed that way and so it just I don't know I smiled because it's Colson being very Colsony y So, (laughs) you know, and that's the thing. That is really, you know, I don't think Clark Gregg gets the credit. You know, everybody's all about, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and everything else. Clark Gregg deserves so much credit for creating one of the most like wonderfully endearing characters. You know, he's not the hottest character. He's not like the, you know, the most action-packed, you know, stunty character. He created this lovable character that you just smile whenever he's on the screen. And there's a skill to, that and a talent to that and i think that clark Gregg deserves a lot of credit for creating colson because who would have thought that the weird O from iron man would be this huge and this popular you know um um 11 wait how many how many years is it? yeah 11 years later so you know i i i'd give him props for that but yeah time travel so Angie, you don't have anything more to say about time travel or what you wanted out of season seven
0: marvel legends of tomorrow
1: okay fair enough
0: actually if you could include i guess you can't have doctor strange but if you could get a constantine like magic user in there too that would be rocking (laughs) oh jeez
1: okay (laughs) i I, i'm fine with keeping things science-based in the show um ryan how uh what do you think about um uh, season seven thoughts about like either things you want to see or what you expect to see. It is the final season, so callbacks, yeah. anything like
4: that. Well, I absolutely all of the callbacks. I mean, um, it looks like it, it's going to be like a time war between you know the agents of Shield and the Chromatons, or chromatons, whatever they're called,
1: chronocoms. Chronocoms. Why is this difficult? Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, throughout time, basically, uh, it, all it, all involving the history of S.H.I.E.L.D. So there's so much they, they can do with that. I can see possibilities where they do bring war back. Maybe, maybe they're able to save war before he's totally corrupted by Hydra. That could be interesting. Uh, I can see where um, – I mean, we've got a slightly – Older Simmons, maybe Simmons has a good ward. She spent some time. She went and grabbed ward from his point in time. And because we also know, thanks to uh, endgame that time travel, it doesn't matter what you do, you know. Um, uh, let's let's not start that, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> point being pointing, we could have a good ward here that they've pulled from time. We could have and this is if, if they save the dog, they save ward. They save the dog, they save the ward. Um d <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get it. I think it would be awesome if we did, but they could have Car- Agent Carter. Um, I, that would be my dream yeah. uh, to have her show up. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but we could maybe have Howard Stark. I could see either actor who's played Howard Stark being in on this. Um, so, yeah, I want them to jump around. I want to see 80s S.H.I.E.L.D. you know, with uh, Pym as Ant-Man. Or, and I want to see 70s S.H.I.E.L.D. and 60s S.H.I.E.L.D. I just want to see – there's so much Marvel back history that can be explored here.
1: Okay, so Mike, is there anything that you want to see uh, in Season 7 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Uh,
3: No more time travel?
1: (laughs) Well, they kind of set it
3: up, so I don't think you can possibly get that. Well, since I had to just uh, go with it, I guess... Uh, I'm really interested to see what exactly, or how everything came about to have Fitzsimmons be just Fitz and Simmons. Uh, to see mm. that split, okay, I guess why the hell did we move into the future? I guess that's why I want to know. I want to know why we're here in the future. I really have no expectations at this point, besides uh, Deke, no get with Daisy. And honestly, just, <laughs> I need Enoch and Fitz, comedy duo this. That's why I need no, yeah, I'm to go with Angie. Uh, Fitz needs to calm down with the yelling of the Enoch. It's like yelling at your dog, right? <laughs> it's like yelling at your dog. You're, you're doing it because you have to because you're angry, but you need to apologize immediately for doing that. <laughs> oh, who's a good Enoch? Who's a good Enoch? That's
1: right.
2: You've <laughs> his It's only once. You took cold
0: action. You took cold action. I mean,
4: <laughs> I, I, I will jump in there and say that something that they good that they did do this season, and maybe that plays into how mean Fitz was the Enoch, was they, they did reference the fact that this Fitz never dealt with the voice in his head like the other Fitz right. did. He still had Hydra Fitz rattling around in there, and so that was affecting his whole personality throughout the entire season. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that is one of the things that we kind of skipped over. And I was glad, because I didn't want them to just skip it, because I was like, this Fitz is, you know, not the same Fitz, so he still needs yeah. to deal with that. So even though I didn't really need a whole episode about Fitz and Simmons, <laughs> um, I did like that that was sort of the thing. And, I mean, it was so dumb, but it was also kind of cute that it was like the darkness in each of them, like, loved each other. <laughs> that was. <laughs> <those just> <laughs> And I was like, "Oh, that's why we get along. It's because you know the darkness inside of us likes each other." Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, no, like a lot of things. You, I don't think that the odds of them getting Haley Atwell for an episode are as low as you think they are, Ryan. I'm. I'm actually fairly optimistic that at least one episode will probably get Haley Atwell. You know, they'll jump to 1940 something or 1950 something and we'll get, you know, so because I mean, I mean, I don't know what other project she's doing right now, but I I knew she had another TV show for a while after Agent Carter ended and, you know, I don't know that she's really got a whole lot on her plate. Um, yeah, I'm so, down for it if
2: she is, <laughs> but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so that's the thing. I, I suspect that they at least are going to try to get I mean they tried to get her even if she didn't but yeah I, I suspect we're gonna see her um, I suspect we will see Ward also in some capacity. Uh, I don't think we're gonna redeem Ward but I think that we are going to get either like something where they have to pretend to be their younger selves with Ward and kind of keep from Ward that they know that he's actually a Hydra agent you know one of those kinds of things or you know uh, in some way interact with Ward uh, before he died Ooh. and I think we're gonna have that kind of a story. Because that's another, it's another callback that's just so obvious. I would love for them to bring back Deathlock because he doesn't get enough love. And, um, J. August Richards is like one of the, you know, he's such a great actor and he's such a nice dude. He's another guy I had a good con experience at one time with. And so, um, you know, I would love for him to get a little love also. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, otherwise, I mean, yeah, they've already teased that they're going to like, we're going to see like early Hydra. And some stuff like that, you know, the the commercial that they showed, like, you know, there was a Hydra ring and everything, so, you know, we're going to see, like, the formation of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think they teased, um... So, yeah, it would be cool also if they got someone like Samuel Jackson to come back to do Fury, but I think that's more of a long shot than Haley Atwell by a mile, so
4: why um, not as an l m d
1: Well, you still need Samuel Jackson that's yeah. the issue you know <laughs> he, he, he I'm pretty sure he that does cost a pretty penny <laughs> um, more, more than
4: Clark Gregson anyway. well,
1: yeah, more than Clark Craig and more than haley atwell um. So, so, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, as far as specific, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot um, there, um, you know. D- end it in such a way that it feels satisfying, that it feels like having two extra seasons tacked on were worth it because of the journey. Um, and um, they've, they, they kind of hinted that there would be death. Um, it's a Whedon show, so, you know. <laughs> I think that kind of goes with the territory, so I'm not too terribly surprised. They basically said, like, the fact that it's the final season kind of frees us up to do whatever we want. So, you know, that can be good, and it can be bad. So, you know, we'll see. But, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just cautiously optimistic. I love time travel, um, and uh, I'm just hoping that used in a way that makes sense, unlike Endgame. And uh, <laughs> and that the just I just want a satisfying conclusion to the series. So yeah, uh, final shout outs for the show. Things we didn't talk about. Ryan brought up one with the Fitz and Simmons um, episode and him dealing with the doctor. But anything else that you want to talk about with season six that we didn't get to? Um, so Angie, what about you? Was there anything else you wanted to talk about?
0: Um, kind of petty, but uh, yo yo. Eyebrows are really distracting for this season. Um, I don't know who did her makeup. They should be fired.
1: <laughs>
0: really? Yeah.
1: They looked different?
0: I don't I'm I don't know. They were just especially distracting
1: to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I, I did not notice.
0: But and I say that I, I love yo-yo, actually. And as sad as it is, like, I don't know, man. Watch like Yo-Yo, she should have been able to stop the shrike from killing her boyfriend but at the same time like that's some messed up stuff like i don't necessarily blame her for just being like mind broken and not able to react in the moment um she's one of my favorite characters but yeah her her makeup was terrible
1: i have more of a problem with the fact she wasn't able to avoid Iselle at super speed it's like okay you got daisy out of the way but not yourself you know,
0: it's not RTV. I yeah. don't know. They don't have enough budget for the special effects, I guess. <laughs> I
1: guess. So yeah, I just I don't know. I felt like you're moving at super speed. Like she she gently glides, <laughs> right? She, it's not like she's moving at super. speed. So you could have outrun the the wispy Izel, but you know, Mike. Uh, anything from season six that you wanted to talk about that we haven't brought up?
3: I like butterflies.
0: Oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, Snowflake. You know, she's still there. I know. At S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. they kept
0: her and let the dragon suicide bomb. What is that about?
1: (laughs) Now, see, her and Deke, I would have been okay with them getting together. I'm
0: fine with their relationship as long as I don't ever have to see her again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's insane, so it made sense. So, you know. Um, yeah, I wish they had, like, explained a little more about her. Like, is she, like, really insane, or does the butterfly thing actually mean something? So, I would have liked some more about her. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I I suspect since they didn't kill her off, we're gonna find out that she, like, somehow, like, convinced the Chronicoms to keep her alive or something when they invaded S.H.I.E.L.D. So, I I expect we're going to see her again. It's my theory. Um... And Ryan, what about you? Was there oh and Mike, was that the only thing you wanted to mention? That's all I wanted. Okay. How did you feel about Snowflake, Mike? You asked me again? Yeah, yeah. How'd you feel about Snowflake? Since you brought her up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Uh I like the crazies. Oh, okay. And <laughs> you know <laughs> I do agree that we should we really should have gotten more of a backstory with Sarge's people and the fact that we got the backstory and we started to care more about the large dragon guy, it was inevitable he was going to die. He was too likable. He just wanted to be a chef. He just wanted to be a chef. Is <laughs> there Mac? Yes! No. That's probably why we liked him so much. And he died so Mac could live. Yes. That's what Joe West needs. He and Joe West, so Joe West doesn't die and this other West does. There we go. There Figured you go. it out. It's all connected. Uh, but. But yeah, with Sarge's crew, I wanted a little more backstory with it, uh, especially with each person, just given like their their shock value and their history about why they're joining Sarge. We got it for Dragon Guy, which was very touching. And even I'm like, man, you lost all your family, damn! And the fact that he also guzzled drag uh, just gasoline like that, like that's I might not be a smoker anymore, but it's like, dude, that's heavy. <laughs> that's fa- that's heavy baby right yeah. there <laughs> uh but yeah with snowflake <laughs> now here I, I think we i think we're at least to me i want to hear the backstory of how she joined up with sarge and what we learn, what she's learned from that to now be different so we can go further on here we'll see we'll see if she's any different
1: um and Ryan, anything else you wanted to bring up other than Fitz? Uh, you know, remembering he's the doctor. <laughs> a,
4: a couple of things. I mean, um, my quick take on Snowflake is I, I. She's obviously another, you know, Vancouverite or Toronto, wherever they film this show. Because she, I've seen her in a bunch of other series as well. She was in Twelve Monkeys the last few seasons. Um, so I, I, I kept thinking, isn't that the girl from My Zombie? <laughs> The one who, what, <laughs> Tinkerbell? <metal? laughs> you know, um, then, yeah. No. But they do have the, Rose the type, yeah, you know? but so yeah, I, I wouldn't mind them doing something with her at all. I, I will say that uh, stuff like aside, yes, do bring, do explore her. I couldn't care. Jacob the giant was cool, but we got his backstory, so he had to. Yeah, done. But let's at least get hers. And and uh, she and Deke. Oddly enough, I liked her and Deke, so that can be a thing. You know, in a way that him and Daisy never should be. My probably look, this whole season and probably next season are all about the showrunners. They know it's coming to an end, so they kind of they're kind of having fun with it. And one of the things they did this season, which I loved, is probably my favorite scene or my favorite episode, even, was when everyone got high. And, um, they ate the, the the alien food, and and never before have I felt any chemistry between uh, Simmons and Daisy. I, I never bought that they were besties or, or anything like that until they were sitting under the card table together, you know, laughing and giggling and just and then, like they were drunk or whatever. That. I loved
1: you know? well it didn't help that when Simmons learns about Inhumans back in season 2 she treats it like it's an infestation that they have yes. eradicate. <laughs> so yeah I always felt there was a little bit of tension there you know between Daisy and Simmons too I mean even as far
4: back in season 1 I just never got that they were close at all so you know um, I would like I, I, want, I just want more of that I want more of this something of fun stuff like that you know no writers would ever think hey let's have all the characters eat alien food and you know just start hallucinating, yeah. So and make an entire episode out of it, so, yeah. I, more of that. Sure. Um and that was my favorite, one of my favorite parts of season six. Uh, real quick for season seven, though, if they wanted to have to pull a uh, elevator scene and have the team just go up to Ward and whisper <laughs> into his ear, Hill Hydra, that would be pretty cool too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, we'll see. Yeah, Ward is the one that I most want to see, but I will find the most problematic for how they integrate him, unless it is just a simple LMD kind of thing. Um, so it, it's they've got to be careful with that one.
4: Well- and A lot of these people, it could just be for an episode. We could have it is their final It's so Ward for an episode, Haley Atwell for an episode, whatever. Yeah,
1: no, J August Richards. J. Don't August, for him.
4: August Richards. <laughs> well, we'll probably have Whitehall back because he's immortal. Oh,
1: right. People. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And, um, but yeah, see, JR, the great thing about that is that we don't know what he's been doing for the last few years. So they don't even have to like go into the past or whatever. They can jump to the present and do something with his character. So, you know, I feel like he could be part of like whatever their final battle is or whatever, when they take on the chronic Yeah. Yeah.
4: That's my, that's my prediction for you right there. Uh, end of season 7 you no know, I disagree they don't come to the present they're traveling back around to the past all through the all through season 7 until the end of season 7 and they come back to find half the population gone mm. and that's how the show
1: ends okay kind of a downer but alright <laughs> 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 they come and the statue of Liberty the head is on the ground and they're like you animals you blew it all up
4: uh, yeah makes sense <laughs> yeah,
1: it's just like sort just ratcheted down there yeah
4: or they go back to twenty twenty three, and uh, they're like, "Hey, we've got time travel, guys. We can fix all this." And but they're like two minutes too late. You know, every finally, yeah. Avengers <laughs> headquarters just exploded. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's the thing, and that's that's what I, you know, with how integrated the show was at the beginning, like, and how much it referenced the movies, I f- always feel like, so, like, when we go into the future and the world's cracked open, it's like, we didn't, like, no one said, like, oh, and the reason, like, what happened with the Avengers, and, you know, like, why couldn't they stop the destruction? Like, you like, no one ever mentions, like, the Avengers anymore, what they were doing, and stuff like that, so, I, I do, I, part of me, even though... It's easier to just say it's a parallel universe now so we don't worry about the Avengers. I do kind of almost want it to segue back for the end just so we can, you know, sort of, Put a nice bow on everything but
4: well they uh, were not fighting Thanos we know that
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah I I you know I'm, I'm gonna be all about the nostalgia next season I'm just I'm just hoping it's used well and not just for see we remembered this see we remembered that you know I mean I don't I don't want that kind of crap it's like only use stuff if you have a good idea on how to use it um, except for Peggy Carter, it's okay to just throw her in for an episode just because because Haley Atwell is awesome. So you know that's 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 fine. Um, but yeah, no, I think we've covered agents uh, Agents of Shield pretty well. Um, so uh, let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find us online. So Angie, why don't you start us off? Why don't you say goodbye and let people know if they can find you online?
0: Goodbye and no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right and uh mike why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you goodbye aaron s and you can find me over on twitter at this is trex or over on my twitch channel at twitch.tv slash all
1: right and ryan why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you
4: uh yeah it's never gonna be goodbye we're forever internet forever um but you can find me on uh twitter at geek stranger or facebook Uh, You can find me at my website, geeksranger.com, where there's pre DragonCon content. um, And hopefully post-DragonCon content starting next week. So yeah, you know, check it out and uh, make me earn that $4 (laughs) that I pay to host it.
1: Um, And uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Ryan, uh, Mike, and Angie for being on the show. Thank you. And that's it for our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. We hope that you enjoyed the episode. We hope that you liked the guests. We hope you liked the topic, but you really need to tell us whether or not you did. Feel free to email us at everything at 42cast.com. So far only one person has ever used the email address to give us feedback on the podcast. I've gotten feedback on the website. I've gotten you know feedback on the Facebook page. I've gotten some feedback on Twitter. I would love to get more emails, because emails, I think, tend to be a little more... Oh, how do I put it? Um, they tend to be fleshed out a little more, tend to have a little bit more thought put into them, and tend to be a little more comprehensive. So, that's the kind of thing that I'd like more of. I mean, I still like short... I mean, if all you can do is short, and all you have the time for is short, go ahead, give me feedback any way that you can. That's great. One way is by going to the website, 42cast.com. Another one's to tweet to us at 42 cast and of the ones to go to facebook.com slash 42cast. Or you can also leave us reviews on Stitcher Radio or on Apple Podcasts. Also gotten some feedback from both of those sources also. And that's great if you want to give some comments that are sort of comprehensive about the show as a whole. And uh, definitely with Apple Podcasts, the more comments that we get, the more reviews that we get, the better off the show is. Because the more the show is sort of promoted in there. Uh, you know, hierarchy of things that they put out there. So uh, definitely appreciate all that kind of stuff. If you have some spare change, which I know is not very common right now in the age of COVID-19, there is the ESO Patreon. So uh, that's patreon.com slash ESO network. It helps all the shows on the network. It isn't a Patreon for me. It's a Patreon for all of us. Just helps us pay for expenses with our websites, keeping our podcasts on the air, all that kind of stuff. So again, if you can, great. If not, it's completely fine. I'm just happy that you're listening to the show. Um, but yeah, in other news, there's not much else to report. Um, still in lockdown quarantine, so uh, no shows or whatever that I know about. You know that I'm that I'm going to do. Um, At the time of recording, it looks like Dragon Con's all gonna be canceled, although that is not 100% certain yet at this point. I'm still planning on going to Chicago TARDIS this year, uh, because that's still out of ways, of course, being at the end of November, and I'm hoping that by then things will have settled down although there's some predictions that will have had things settled down but then there'll be a new wave of COVID 19 at that point and we might all go back into lockdown at that point but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it hopefully i can at least do chicago tardis this year because that's one that i always enjoy and it's a place where i can meet you know people who are listening to the show so um The other issue, the other thing I want to bring up is talking about time streams. Uh, Some people have asked me about time streams. Uh, We have recorded several episodes. Um, I'm actually working on editing the first one. The thing that's the problem is that we've had some sound problems with that first episode. In fact... It's prompted me to pay now to uh, have a service to record my podcasts, just because the free service that I was using before you know, sometimes would record fine, but other times have issues with the sound dropping out, uh, getting out of sync between the different tracks. You know, uh, what I was saying and what the guest would be saying would get out of sequence time-wise, and that would be hard for me to adjust in editing. And it's just gotten to be too much. And uh, basically, we were plagued with all the problems on the first episode of Time Streams. Uh, but my co-host Juliet and I decided that because this is something where we want to. Come to it fresh, you know. Uh, it would be inauthentic uh, for us to try to re-record the episode, and for Juliet to have already known what we've talked about, and to have that, you know, go. So. You know we're we're going to go with the episode as it is it's just a real bear editing it and trying to get something that's actually listenable out of it i'm afraid of alienating a lot of the audience right off the bat just because the sound quality is so bad um and not because of quality in the sense of you can't hear our voice as well it's quality like because of the way that it will sort of delay and then try to rush you'll get These gaps in the audio and then suddenly it'll try to like rush in like if it skipped like several seconds of one of us talking Then I'll try to rush in and put everything that we said within the span of like a half second and so that you know means you can't even hear what we were saying it sounds like we skipped something that we were saying and it's very weird listening to it and that causes the sync issues between our conversation uh where suddenly what she's saying and what i'm saying are getting off track from each other and so i'm i'm trying to fix that as best i can um uh, the sound issues on the other episodes don't sound anywhere near as bad, but like I say, now we're switching to a different service, so starting with the fourth episode, we are going to have something where, that I think will have uh, Im- impeccable audio. Um, but just so you understand, that's what's going on with that podcast. It's a little bit delayed because of it, uh, but we want to make it sound as good as we can. And like I said, both the 42Cast and Time Streams will benefit, I think, from going to a different recording medium, so that the audio should be better from now on on both of them. So pay attention to this space, I will of course announce when Time Streams is ready to go. So, after that long-winded stuff, (laughs) that's the end of the podcast for this week. Join us back next week when Jason Momoa will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off.